Folks at home, folks at home, welcome to uh, welcome to Ike Live. Uh, we are uh, we we are we are going live. We're going live from the Grand Canyon, and uh, that's why right now we don't have Mike live in the studio. Although that was a sharp image of Mike uh, from from back in the day, and. Uh, you know we're uh, Mike. Mike is on the road right now. As most of you know, he's chasing the Elite Tournament Trail. We've got a lot of great things on tonight's show. Most importantly, we're going to have Mike with us via Skype, via phone call, via something or other. We're going to get him here in the studio one way or another. Smoke signal. Smoke signal. <laughs> we might. That might be the the most effective way to go. But we're going to have him here tonight. Looking forward to hearing from Mike. Uh, got a lot of lot of things to talk about. Coming fresh off surgery on on his leg, uh, successful surgery seems to be recovering nicely. Looking forward to hearing from Mike and seeing uh, seeing how that that all worked out. We got some of the scoop. I'm looking forward to seeing how he's doing right now. We've got some great guests tonight uh, that I'm really looking forward to. To talking with former NFL player uh, Gerald Sensabaugh from. Uh, from the Jaguars, and he also played for our arch enemy, the Cowboys, uh, yep. most recently. Yep. And uh, of course, we're all Eagles fans here in the studio, living living in the, our neck of the woods. Uh, Dustin Connell is going to be on the show tonight. Many of you might not know Dustin. He's uh, fresh off a win at the Bass Open, uh, Southern Open on the Alabama River. A spotted bass specialist. Uh, made some amazing adjustments to win that tournament. Uh, big story there is. He wins, and he doesn't get to go to the Classic. Yeah, that's huge. He's got to be killing himself for that uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, well, for those of you that might not know, it's winning you're into the Classic from the Opens, but the the contingent is that you have to fish and compete in all three events, and he missed the first event, uh, opted not to fish it, fish this one, and won it. But great win nonetheless. Looking forward to, to hearing, hearing how that went, and... And one one of our favorites at the Bass University, uh, just an awesome angler, awesome representative of the sport, is Johnny Cruz, um, head of missile baits, and uh, doing well with that. But we're most excited that he's leading the points in yeah, the uh, in the Angler of the Year race, and uh, it may be the first time Johnny's been in the lead. I'm not sure. Well, thanks for jinxing him. I'm sure he would rather not even be brought up. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm telling you, I I, don't, I didn't mean to jinx you, buddy, but yeah. I, anytime you're in the lead of a race of that, that hold caliber hold of talent, phone, right? it's amazing. Hey, I recognize somebody's voice trying to hear? trying to break through our prayer. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. Hey, what's up, dude? Okay. Hi. <laughs> well, we're glad we're glad to have you on the show. Who, who are you, caller, and where are you from? <laughs> uh, I'm actually walking the Grand Canyon as we speak. I'm just on my phone. Uh, I'm at a lodge, which is abandoned right now. Um, a lot of construction going on. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a, a spot here to uh, tonight. Mike, what would be super awesome is if you face the sun. <laughs> because all we're looking at is the sun, bro. <laughs> yeah, moonwalk, man. Moonwalk yourself to safety. That was a bum leg. Hold on. I'm going to find a spot here. I'm going to get up in the woods here somewhere and just sit on a log. Yes, I go, like it. Go squatching. 
I see a log right now. Let me see if I can go up here. I'm going to sit on this log for the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> it's going like, to be like the nature episode of Ike Live, live from the Grand Canyon. It looks like yeah. your beard has grown another three inches. Yeah, it looks strong. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm actually on a log Mike, right put... now. If you don't believe me. Ah. That is a log. That works. I'm on a log. <laughs> Do you have a hoodie on? I don't. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't love this on my cell phone. Uh, I wonder if. I wonder if now that I got closer here, that the uh, the laptop will work. Well, we can hear you. Know. We can hear you loud and clear. You're yeah. coming through pretty clean. At least we're figuring this out while we're live. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. God forbid we tried this earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the use? We're we're always uh, we're always uh, discombobulated, so this makes sense. Yeah, this fits perfectly. Absolutely. So, dude, where's your beer? Why are you empty-handed? The medication? Uh. So, even though I'm mobile right now, and I'm on a stump. Uh, out here in the wilderness. I want to let you know that I did bring the beer with me. <laughs> my man. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I want to let all the folks at home know that because we're in the Grand Canyon, we're going with a microbrew, local, and we're going with the Grand Canyon Brewing Company tonight, local brew, uh, and we're going with the... S- <clears throat> Amber ale for all those that want to know. There it goes right there. Nice. Looks yes. tasty, man. Yes. We're, we're staying local back yeah, here, Mike. We got flying fish in the house. Flying fish. Okay, going with the uh, red. They're the red and going with their uh, their 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 Abbey Double. It's a nice Belgian. I've been drinking well, that for years. Now, now here's here's what I want to let you know. I told Brian this earlier, but I'm gonna let you know that uh, we have an inside connection with flying fish. Uh, our good friend John McGraw. A.K.A. Warts, A.K.A. Fastest Man on Campus, A.K.A. Gay Like That, <laughs> has, has a Teak brother. Now, for all all you fraternity guys, Pete, I don't know if you're a fraternity or not, but uh, John McGraw has a Teak brother, and and a Teak brother for uh, once, a Teak brother for life. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but he has a Teak brother that is part owner of Flying Fish, and freaking Knucklehead hasn't connected us through yet. Come on, John. Are you Come sure? Yeah, but Mike, you know him as well as I do. Do you want to open that door? <laughs> do you want McGraw's Probably foot not. in the door, man? Come on, dude. Probably the studio not. would have like uh, uh, this color wall would be sea foam. We'd have coral over here. <laughs> We'd have like a fake window behind us with like a with a, with a sky, you know with a sky scene behind it through the window, dude. Don't don't put him in on this, man. We'll figure it out. Sipo. That's kind of funny. No offense, John. Let me tell everybody. Let me give everybody an update here from the Grand Canyon real quick. Uh, Time-wise, we're three hours back, uh, so we're going to have plenty of light here, uh, hopefully for the next couple hours. Weather's gorgeous. We've got weather here in the mid to upper 60s. Very little wind. Uh, Beautiful. Beautiful here weather-wise. Got to walk the Grand Canyon today, the rim of the Grand Canyon. That's right, I said rim. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very scenic spot, I gotta tell you. This is one of those places where if you haven't been, you've got to come here uh, because you just can't you, you can't appreciate the awe of this place w- without being here. Uh, very very uh, amazing place. You got to get here. It's got to be on your bucket list. 
if you haven't done it. And what lies way down in there in the canyon is the Colorado River. And in a couple weeks, we're going to be on a tributary of the Colorado River, which is Lake Havasu. So uh, it's it's great being here. It's great being here uh, with the kids, getting to do a little sightseeing and uh, getting to recover a little bit from uh, from uh, surgery on my bum left. So I'm doing okay. That's, that's good. I, I how is it? How's the recovery going? I mean, you said you're walking and you're sightseeing. Uh, it sounds like things are going pretty good with that wheel. It, it's gone great. <laughs> Recovery's gone great. Uh, I got to tell you that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. When it comes to surgeries, I'm a big pussy. <laughs> Probably the biggest pussy on the face of the earth. And uh, so, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, I mean, you're cut into. You know, they, they I've got about a six inch uh, incision on let's, my calf. Let's say it. Uh, they had they had to go in there with basically like a, a wet and dry shop vac. <laughs> a bunch of shit out there. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm recovering. I, I can tell you, it, it it feels a lot better from the standpoint of the pressure. The swelling is not there that was there a few weeks ago. So I think I made the right decision. I think uh, I, I think you know, going ahead and getting this done and having two weeks to lay off it a little bit was a good thing. And uh, I think that come uh, come Delta. In a little less than a week, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be fired up and ready to go. Outstanding. Can we can we get a shot of the uh, the incision? Yeah, well, I'm gonna show you here. I, I'm gonna let's see. I don't know if I'm gonna totally undo it. Maybe I will. Maybe this is a gr- uh, nice gruesome part of the show. Um, <laughs> one of the things that comes along with this is keeping the blood from clotting again. Uh. That was a major issue. Was I had actually had a blood clot, and because of that, I'm wearing compression socks. Now, all you female uh, watchers and listeners at home, don't get excited. Don't be dropping the panties on me here when I show you this. <laughs> but I've got a compression sock on right now, and it's white. And let me show this to you. Ooh. That now, is sexy. Now that's hot. <laughs> that's right. That's a white compression sock. I'm going to pull it down here for you. By the way, they had to shave my leg. Little, little, little disrupted about that. I have, I have a shaven leg. Uh, we're gonna go ahead here and, and look at the incision for all you folks at home. Uh, they actually cosmetically, I want to say, they did a wonderful job. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very straight incision. It's about four, four and a half, five inches long, but it's looking good. And here it goes, folks. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah. Yeah, hey, it doesn't look too bad. Looks good. How about so a wet foot? on the top of the incision, we have a little bit of uh, what I call fustering, or festering, or fustering, <laughs> a little bit of uh, pus ejection out of the top. Besides that one spot, man, it's looking good. It's looking good. Awesome. So you're up and walking around. You got pain, or, or uh, you know, I, I'm up and walking around. Uh, you know, I, I actually. Um, I bought one of the first purchases I bought on the road, and I uh, our first gas stop on the way over from Mayflower, Arkansas. By the way, after the surgery, I stopped at Kevin and Kerry Short's house and spent the night. Thank you guys for the hospitality. I appreciate it. Uh, they got a great pad, by the way. Uh, beautiful new house. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first stops on the way west was a gift shop, and I actually bought a cane. 
cane. You just wanted uh, to have a cane. It, 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 it's an interesting cane. It breaks down in three pieces. Uh, it's it's made out of cedar wood. Has a nice varnish on it. Brian the Carpenter, you might be able to back me up on the varnish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most importantly, on the very top of the cane, in the stock, there's a compass built in. Ooh. <laughs> like See, that. I would have right. thought I would have thought you you would have went more like Pete Rock and had like a scepter, like a scepter <laughs> cane, you know, that not not like an old man shillelagh, <laughs> you know, dude. Well. I know. Well, you know, I figured I'm out west. You know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the Southwest culture out here in Arizona. Uh, I figured I'd go with the flow and try to fit in and adapt a little bit to the conditions. So, yes. Nicely done. Are they? T- <laughs> Are they Tommy Biffle socks? <laughs> they yeah. might be Tommy Biffle socks. I let mean, me, wi- uh, let me. Women let me are tricking us. Yeah, let me let me look real quick. A lot of times when you look at the sock, they'll actually tell you what they are. So let's take a look. Making it hot on me. Trying to constrict the flow here. Trying to constrict the blood flow here. Making it hot on me. Oh my gosh, they are biffle socks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh man. Amazing. Hey Mike, uh, I got a question for you. Yes. How much battery power you got on that phone right now? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, well, I'm All right, be prepared, Pete. <laughs> we're, uh, we, yeah. we, we, are re- we are ready. We're prepared for anything. Good Brian. job, Brian. I didn't even think well, about that, dude. I'm like, cool, we got him. <laughs> Not for long. Here's the good, good news. I've got three devices right now. Right now I'm on my iPhone. I've got the iPad as a backup. And then, of course, I have my uh, amazing uh, iBook that I spent thousands thousands of dollars on. I can't get it to work. And I have that here, too. <laughs> Do you have an itinerary? Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Do you have an itinerary sheet in front of you? That was Pete. I, I, I do. I do. And I and I did want to back up a little bit. Pete, thank you for jumping in there uh, in the beginning of the show there in a scramble. But let me back up and, uh, and, and, and just say, folks at home, folks at home. I want to get that out of the way. Uh, and uh, I want to also uh, give a special shout-out, as we always do, to uh, to military, active and veterans, uh, thank you guys for what you do. Also, uh, uh, policemen, firemen, EMT, uh, it's a crazy world. Thank you guys for all your help. Uh, let, let's jump right in and uh, let everybody know. Of course, this is big news. I know you guys talked about it last week, but I'm still excited about it. Uh, I still have goosebumps and a and a, and a semi. Uh, and I want to <laughs> tell you that we are available on iTunes. Uh, so go to iTunes and, and, and look up Bike Live. You'll be able to find it there. Uh, we're also available on Stitcher for all those people that are computer illiterate and don't have access to an iTunes account or can't get on MikeIconelli.com. Go to Stitcher. Stitcher is that cartoon character uh, that you see. It's kind of like an alien-looking thing. Uh, and Stitcher has our show on it also. Uh, so go on there, download the past shows. Also, let us know what you think. If, it's, uh, if you think it's great, if you think it's terrible, uh, write us a comment. Let us know. That'd be great. Um, let me catch everybody up on a few things, too, that are really interesting. Um, the first one, and, and we're going to play the promo in a little bit. We're, go- we're going to go through a lot of this stuff, and we're going to play the promo in a little bit. But this is exciting. Um, one of the great sponsors of Ike Live, which is Xmark. And as you guys know, they make the world's most amazing lawnmowers. Uh, We've got a special promotion going on right now. 
and it's called Take Back Your Weekends. And it's a real simple promotion, and, and we're going to have the video and a link to it at the end of the show here, but it's a real simple promotion. The Take Back Your Weekend promotion, all you have to do is submit a video, submit a short little video letting us know how you take back smart mower, man, you're going to save time. You're not going to spend four, five, six hours mowing lawn. It's going to be done in an instant, and and you're going to be able to take back your weekend. So we want to know, we want to let uh, let us know how you take back your weekend. If you do it fishing, if you do it uh, hunting, if you do it golfing, uh, badminton, uh, playing the flute, uh, whatever you do, submit a video. And if you're selected, man, there are so many prizes going on in this sweepstakes. Uh, number one, of course, is a beautiful Xmark mower. It retails for like I don't know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars. But the first place prize is a fishing trip with me. I mean, that would be maybe awesome. I don't know. It depends on where we go. But a fishing trip with me in the fall, and and a lot of other cool prizes: rod and reel packages, tackle, all kinds of stuff. So we're going to be talking about that. But I want you to keep your eye out for the Take Back Your Weekend promotion. Super important. And then the other thing I want to let you know about is Fishity. And I know a lot of you guys already are members of Fishity.com, but here's a really cool thing about Fishity. Every time I fish an event, I actually go on Fishity.com. I go on my, uh, I'm a member of it as well. I go on my page and I mark the exact spots that I fished in the elite tournaments and you can go on there right now you could click on lake gunnersville click on that map and you're going to be able to see the exact spots that i fished in seabold creek in last week's tournament so really cool feature of fishity.com shawl grisby does it as well along with some other pros you know you're able to go there and see the exact spots that i fished very very cool feature so i want you to check that out on uh, on fishy.com hey hey guys does does anybody here own a zero turn or an x mark mower nope negative not yet i i i have two and a half acres and i have an x mark and if i own just a regular mtd tractor it would take me three hours to mow the grass i can mow two and a half acres in 45 minutes and that's Absolutely. why I have a zero-turn mower. It's worth Absolutely. every penny. Let me, tell you, let, let me tell you this. I agree. Before, and as a lot of you know, I, I have 10 acres. And before I had my Xmark, I actually used a push mower from Sears. And it took me three days to mow the 10 acres. So. <laughs> the hell out of here. <laughs> True story. Three days, bare minimum. Gas or electric? Yeah. <laughs> 700 foot cord it was it was a gas power but it had the electric stimulus program you know, with it. but that, that didn't really help anything in mowing the lawn that helped you down below but that was it you know stimulus awesome yeah pretty neat stuff mike mike there's been some problems since you've been gone buddy <laughs> so like when becky was here with you there was always like the fresh smell of like shampoo and conditioner in the air. Now you got four yeah. guys stuffed in your little basement down here, and it, it doesn't smell so wow. nice. So what? That's what ma- that's, that's bad. What are your thoughts on opening up the budget just a little bit and maybe getting us like a ring card girl to like just circle the room? <laughs> and and what squirt do you think? perfume. I, 
Hey, I like that idea. I like that idea. I don't know if Becky would be into that, but she, I like She won't be here. That's when she's not here. <laughs> I know. I like it. I like the idea of skimpy outfit. I like that. But I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, this is a great opportunity for a candle or scent company to sponsor the show. Think about it, guys. Dude we wipes. We hit your target market. We hit your target market. You know, think about who watches this show. College doofuses all across the country. Uh, stinky fishermen. You know, a, a product that smells good, we could promote the heck out of it. So if you're watching tonight, I am us. Uh, I am us or call us or send us an email or hit us up on Twitter, Mike underscore Iconelli. If you're uh, an owner of a scent company. Yeah, we need some fart candles, dude. Most most definitely. Dude wipes. Yeah. Yes. Well, dude you know, would be a good one. <laughs> speaking of the people here in the room, Mike, I didn't do it justice introducing everybody last week because I can't remember all the AKAs. <laughs> you, want, <laughs> you want to go around the room and uh, let people know who's here tonight? Absolutely. I could. Um, I, sitting in my chair, I believe, is... Uh, Co-host, uh, very important, uh, a benefactor of the show, Pete Glusick, Skinny, A.K.A. Sweet Pete, <laughs> Skinny Pete, A.K.A. Pete Tight, A.K.A. Pete Wet. Um, <laughs> sitting next Wet. to <laughs> sitting next to Pete uh, is uh, I, what? What are we going to call him, Bri? I, you know, Dave, your your role has become real important because uh, the best way I can describe your role in the show is you're the antithesis to everything positive. What you mean? We've got uh, D- Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fatty, a.k.a. Fathead, a.k.a. Wharf, a.k.a. Yes, Captain. Um, and then, of course, in the studio, back in the booth, I see you guys. Don't be staring at me like that. We've got um, uh, the backbone of the show, the support. He makes all this happen uh, day in and day out. Brian Stockle, a.k.a. Brian the Carpenter, uh, a.k.a. Spock, a.k.a. Press One Spock, a.k.a. <laughs> Shameless Missile Jig Promoter. Uh, <laughs> sitting next to Brian, you know, I, I like, I, I'm not even going to introduce you with a lot of names. I, I like the, the one that I've come to know you as. We have J3, and J3 is, uh, J3 is a very critical aspect of the show. J3 is going to handle all the IMs for us tonight. Plus, he's going to pop in every now and then with that perfect comment, which is what we need. So thank you, J3. Thank you. Man, what else do we need? We got a great crew tonight. Uh, we, we got a stupendous crew. Plus, we got some good guests on tonight, right? Fill me in. Who do we have tonight? I don't even know. <laughs> well, we're he- we're headlining with J- JC, John Cruz's uh, leader. We were just talking about him leading the Angler of the Year race. We have Gerald Sensabaugh from uh, the Dallas Cowboys now, you know, t- playing on the uh, professional tournament trail, trying to trying to make it happen there. And Dustin Connell, the uh, brand new winner of the Alabama River River Tournament, uh, the Southern Open. Uh, so quite quite a quite a list of guests tonight. And who knows who may call in? You know, sometimes we get surprise uh, calls. Never know. Surprise guests are good. Well, we're excited to talk about I, these I, guys. We we were. I'm sorry, Mike. We were talking about Dustin already because he he won the tournament and winning you're in, and uh, man, yeah. he didn't fish that first tournament, so he doesn't get to go to the classic this year. He no classic berth, correct? That's right. That's, That's right. No classic berth. Yeah. 
Uh, we, by the way, guys, real quick, uh, we have a special guest that just dropped in. This is a very unexpected guest, uh, you know, sitting out here on the stump. Uh, this is kind of a weird area, but we have a guest just drop in. And I just want him to say hi to everybody real quick. Uh, meet Sandstone. That's an actual <laughs> piece of sandstone. It's a pleasure to meet you, Sandstone. He doesn't have much to say. He's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of quiet. <laughs> I, I thought you were going. I thought you were going to have a national or a ranger come over and arrest you for drinking that beer at the national park. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's going to happen. Oh exactly. my god, that, that would be, would be bad. Live thing that probably happened. Kick you in your festering leg. <laughs> I kind of look like a terrorist with this beard, anyway. Uh, Unabomber. <laughs> yeah, a little Ted Kaczynski, man. The hat, the glasses. All you need is a hood up over your head, dude. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Well, and a cabin. And a cabin. We're going to do all right. Uh, let me mention real quick, too. I know a lot of you at home are saying, okay, he's in the Grand Canyon. As soon as that sun goes down, which we probably have a little over an hour on this sun, it's going to get awfully cold out here. I know what you're thinking. The good news, check it out. I'm going to give you, try to give you a little back bar version. Look at this jacket I've got on. And uh, I want to tell you, this is Under Armour, baby. No problem on the weather tonight. We get chilly on this stump. I'm in good shape, baby. I'm in good shape. That's all I gotta tell you. That's good news. What do you keep looking around for? They're like coyotes circling you. Do you keep looking around like you're checking your surroundings? I'm, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm definitely slightly worried about coyote. We've already saw. Uh, we've got wild elk out here, so we've seen all females. But if we get a bull in the area, I'm a little concerned. Uh, and, and also, I have a feeling sooner or later I will get approached by security, but it's okay. It's okay. Where, where's Becky and the kids? Well, Becky and the kids are back at the camper, uh, and uh, they're, we've got a real nice campsite here. We're staying right on the state property, uh, and it's nice because, you know, that, that fifth wheel, that camper, is our home away from home. Uh, and, and it's a great thing. I can tell you, in a million years, I never imagined – I'd be camping. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself the camping type. But a 40-foot a forty foot fifth wheel, we're not roughing it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a nice luxury to have on the road. So they're, they're back at the trailer. They're having a good time. They're playing around, and uh, it's all good in the hood. Hey, Mike, you know, everyone tuned in last week to hear you talk about G-Ville. You want, you want to recap that a little bit for us, buddy? Absolutely. Uh, love to talk about Gunnersville. Uh, it was a... Uh, Best way I can describe it is it was a very rewarding and disappointing event for me, you know, all in the same breath. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting because going into that tournament, going into the first day, I really knew I didn't have I knew I didn't have much. I knew what I had found in pre-practice had went away. I just felt it, and um, you know, it, it was a, a tournament where I just had to go fishing, and I was able to do that for three of the four days fish off instinct fish off gut um refine them every day adjust and and i'm proud of that i'm proud of that i'm proud that i put myself in a position to win doing that uh but it's very disappointing in the same breath to go in with a lead and to really fall hard on the last day and not win or not do better on the last day not even coming with a limit um you know it, it it was one of those days on the last day where everything really fell through. And, you know, I try 
several times during the day to just start over, pick new areas, and just go fishing. And unfortunately, it didn't work. Uh, but here's a good result of that failure. And, and, you know, and I failed, and that's okay. I mean, uh, you know, this is a sport where I don't care if you do it for 50 years, it, it's a very humbling sport, and the fish can beat you. The fish can outwit you. And they did, right? Um, but with that failure comes a big degree of, I call it the burn, you know? And, and that's where, you know, when you fall like that, you fall hard. You want to go back and have revenge like nothing else. And, um, you know, I, I got to sit on that. I'm still sitting on it a little bit. I got to sit on that burn for three or four days uh, on this drive and think about it and, I haven't felt this fired up to win a tournament or this fired up to win an AOY in a lot of years. You know, uh, I can tell you last year on the Delaware, I felt fired up to win that tournament, but I really feel fired up to win another event now. Uh, and, and I feel fired up to win AOY. Um, you know, it's six events left. I've got to keep catching them. I know that I can't have a bad tournament. Um, but I'm in a good place. I, I, uh, I can tell you that in the bass events I've fished since the Delaware River, I've been catching them. Uh, I've, I've been fishing well. And if I can keep up that pace, I know going into the last event, which will be up on Sturgeon Bay this year, I'm going to have a real shot to win, uh, to win AOY. And that's a great feeling. So uh, that, that's my feelings on Gunnersville. I can tell you, let me tell you real quick, the key baits for me in that event. Uh, first day, without a doubt, I fished a vibrating jig. I fished a chatterbait-style lure uh, called a Mullock's Lover, half-ounce green pumpkin. Uh, and the key to that bait for me was two to four foot on uh, banks that had scattered hydrilla. And I tried to target the last little bit of deep water that would touch something before the spawner pockets. And so I was able to run that pattern. Day two, totally changed. Hardly caught any on the vibrating jig. Those fish were in the same kind of areas, but they got out of that two to four foot, and they got back in that five to six foot of water. Um, made a bait adjustment, went to a Rapala DT6 on 12-pound fluorocarbon, and I ticked the top of that milfoil, uh, fished it in an Ike's Custom Ink color, chartreuse and blue, called Caribbean Shad. Caught all my big ones the second day doing that. Third day, changed again. Uh, didn't catch any on the crankbait. Didn't catch any on the vibrating jig. And I caught all of them on a stupid Carolina rig. Uh, my One of my least favorite ways to catch them. And they backed out even deeper. Then they went to six to eight feet of water. Caught a lot of them out of seven, eight foot of water on a Carolina rig. And uh, basically, uh, short leader, half ounce tungsten, VMC tungsten weight. Uh, three-aught VMC offset hook and a, and a lizard, just a green pumpkin, old-school green pumpkin lizard with the tail-dyed chartreuse. Um, and then the last day, I caught my one keeper on the vibrating jig. So uh, game of change, game of trying to keep up with the fish. Unfortunately, fell a little short on the last day, but uh, but happy with, with Gunnersville, happy with my performance. Well, I, you know, who else is real happy? It gave you a lot of props on – on uh, the Bassmaster.com was KVD. 
was commenting about how strong you fish to uh, stay with those fish. And everybody said the same thing. Like, it's, it was so hard to stay with the fish. They were changing every single day. Except for Byron yeah. and Skeet. I think everybody had to really adjust to stay up there. Yeah. It, like I said, it, it, it hurts. It stings a little bit. But, you know, if I look at my last two performances or from the last two years, my first events, they were in the 80s and in the 60s. And, uh, you know, so... I'm off to a way better start. Mm. I'm fishing very natural right now, and that's something that's hard to describe, uh, you know. But but it's it's almost a feeling you get on the water where you just learn to trust your gut, and uh, and, and it's been working out. I hope it continues. Uh, I hope I'm able to go out and continue to fish instinctively like that. And um, you know, like I said, the big prize, as you all know. The big prize is AOY. Uh, it's one of the hardest titles to win in this entire sport, um, and I'm already thinking about it two tournaments in. So, so we had, a, I guess, as an IM question come through. What's more important to you now? Are you more focused on trying to win another tournament, or is AOY your focus right now? Well, I think both. I think the formula is you need both. If you look at a lot of the AOY champions, go back ten years. Most of those champions, including Greg Hackney last year and including myself in 2006, have a win mixed into the season. Now, keep in mind, in 2006, when, when I won AOY, it was 11 tournaments. It, I'm really proud of that. It was a grueling schedule back then, uh, and I'm proud of the fact that I was able to, to dig through 11 events. But even now, uh, um, most of the time, if a guy is going to win AOY, He's got to have a win sprinkled in there, and uh, and 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 so I I want I want to say both. I want both. I want the AOY, and I want to get a win leading up to that. There's a couple events I'm really excited about, uh, and I got to tell you, at the pinnacle of that would be the Upper Bay. Um, that's a second home besides the Delaware River. That's a second home to me. Um, I'm going to work hard in that one. Big I'm bags cut down. I'm uh, big bags coming in on the Upper Chesapeake right now, Mike. We had a 27-pound stringer come in on Saturday, and all the tournaments are being won with uh, steady 20, 21, 22-pound bags right now. It's amazing. It's an outstanding fishery, uh, and and you know I can tell you that my mindset and my work ethic leading up to that tournament will be exactly the same as it was for the Delaware River. I'm going to live and breathe and, and learn that place. Uh, I'm going to dig in my heels and, and really try to conquer that place. Uh, so when we get to the event, I've got a lot of options in front of me, no matter what happens. Well, that, next you got coming up out on the Delta. What do you, you think is going to be going on out there? I mean, you're going to have to make long boat rides, and what's the season going to be out there? Yeah, well, we've got two great events coming up. We've got the Delta and Havasu, and I can tell you the Delta I like a lot. I've got mixed results there in my performances over the last few times there. But the last time I fished there, and this is interesting, Johnny Cruz won. He's on the show tonight. And I actually came in third for for all those uh, you, you history buffs out there. I came in third the last time we were at the Delta, so I had a good shot to win. Um, I like it a lot. It reminds me a lot of... The Potomac, it reminds me a lot of the flats of the Upper Bay. Um, and, of course, it has 
a lot better grade of fish in it. So, you know, you're looking there for an 18, 20, 20 plus pound bag as being a good bag. Um, you know, it's unlike the Delaware where you catch 10 or 12 pounds and feel good about it. Can't catch 10 pounds there and feel good about it. But um, I like it because it's tidal. Uh, I like it because it's got a lot of grass. I love that. Um, so I'm excited about it. Uh, big, big long runs are going to be a theme there. Uh, you know, I can tell you that some of the projected patterns, and, and we'll have Johnny Cruz weigh on this also, for me, are going to be tidal river patterns that revolve around the spawn or post-spawn phase. So I can tell you right now, man, top waters are going to be phenomenal at the Delta. Uh, post-spawn and top waters go together. Um, you know, all kinds of top waters. Uh, buzz baits, frogs, wake baits, even swim baits that stay up near the top, I think are going to be really good baits, as is flipping and punching. Um, you know, when you think about a post-spawn female on a tidal body of water that has grass, those big fish will spawn, and then the first place they come back to is they get in the thick grass, the thick hydrilla, the thick milfoil, and that's how they, they, they spend a little bit of their post-spawn recouping in that heavy grass. So I think you're going to see some punching, and you're going to see some flipping. And finally, let me mention a bait that I used last week at Gunnersville, the vibrating jig. Uh, and I think the vibrating jig, chatterbait-style lure, is going to be really hot next week on the Delta. So they're, they're my three pattern predictions uh, my for the Delta. Mike, is there any word, advanced word, on how the drought has affected the water levels? That's a great, great question, Dave. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything on drought and water levels there. I can tell you that I know the salt line is really far up. I've read reports where they're talking about seals uh, as far up as Frank's track. And that's that gives you a good idea of the salt line and the salinity level. So... When you're seeing seals in the delta in a place where you catch bass, you know that, that tells me the water's a little low and that salt line has really encroached up on the fishery. That's interesting. Seals. Oh, I, I wonder oh, if they like bass. Oh. <laughs> it reminds me of Cheech Moran. Remember that song? <laughs> Save the whales, but kill the seals. Remember that dude? <laughs> <laughs> No. All right. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I tell you, you mentioned something, and uh, and we get a lot of questions about, you know, doing some instruct, talking more technical bass fishing and stuff for uh, what we do here on Ike Live. But the one thing that is pretty cool is Dave Lefebvre just won on a Rapala wake bait down there on Smith Lake. You just <laughs> mentioned wake baits as possibly being part of the delta out here and we just yeah. filmed your seminar on out in texas on wake style wow, baits right. and we're going to be we're, we're fast tracking that we're going to release that this week uh your your deal on wake baits but uh but it's 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 a it's a very interesting category to talk about it's a it's a category that uh that um you know, so, that a lot of people don't understand. But uh, what, what's your what's your take on wake baits? I, I know when I, I watched your seminar, you talked a lot about the Rapala baits. But uh, how does how does the wake bait play? What, what's your strengths there? Yeah, yeah, great, great call, Pete. Uh, and I'm I'm going to start out by uh, saying 
uh, boo, Dave Lefevre. Yay, <laughs> Rapala, uh, Wake Bates. Um, wake, <laughs> wake Bates are honestly probably one of the most under-talked about, underutilized baits that we have in our arsenal. Um, you know, when you talk about wake baits, we go back to, and, and, and Dave Brodzik, Brian Stock, uh, chime in on this. It goes way back to our early days in Top Rod Bassmasters with the man's baby one minus, the man mid minus, and, and, and all those, the minus one. Um, and we knew early on that it was a phenomenal bait under certain conditions. Um, and it still is. The category has come along so far from just that, what I call that egg, that hard-boiled egg-style wake bait. And now you have minnow-style wake baits like the, like the BX. Uh, you have uh, uh, shad profile baits. You have big swim baits now that are wake bait-style lures. So the, the category has come a long ways. But I can tell you they're at their best when you're dealing with spawn, post-spawn, early summertime conditions. And they're at their best when you have a small window of water above some kind of cover. Uh, in the old South Jersey lakes, Wilson Lake, uh, uh, Willow Grove, Malaga, <laughs> it, was, it was grass. You know, It was a lot of the, the crack grass that we fish in South Jersey. Uh, on a lot of the lakes that we're going to fish, Delta is a great example, you're going to have a window, a foot or two of water above milfoil, above hydrilla, above coontail and that wake bait is such a great bait for drawing the fish up for that strike um you know i know for all you hardcore fish heads out there that fish a lot like we do you've been out there and you've seen it where there's a bluegill or there's an owlwife or there's some kind of bait fish and he's struggling along the top and he's creating that almost that v wake on the surface then all of a sudden out of nowhere you just see and you see just one smash them. That's really what the wake bait does. And it's a great imitator of that bait fish or that bluegill struggling, trying to get away, and the bass want to kill it. So I'm excited about a wake bait, especially in the next couple tournaments. Even Lake Havasu. Don't count a wake bait out of Havasu either. Well, that's a great comment, and I, I agree. I mean, the wake bait, one thing for me that always is important about is it takes that fish out of its comfort zone. It does things like topwater baits do. It uh, it takes a fish that that might not react to a, a spinner bait or, or a, a something that's a more common technique because they're fresh off the spawn. They're a little bit freaked out as it is, but that surface impact. I mean, it takes that fish out of its zone, makes them react, and allows you to catch fish that you wouldn't catch with any other technique. So it's a it's a special deal. Bass University TV fans, look for that coming this week, this Thursday. We're going to be launching that with Mike Iaconelli. But uh, I'm looking over here at the carpenter. The carpenter's giving me some notes. Uh, I think uh, I think we might be ready for our first guest. Is that is that right, Brian? Yeah, I think we should work in that direction. Um, All know. right, let's let's do it. Let me give everybody an update too, Brian. Uh, I just saw a message come on my phone. It said 20 percent left. Uh, but what I'm going to do here right now is uh, I, I'm I'm trying to log on to this Wi-Fi right now on my uh, on my on my uh, 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 what laptop thing tablet iPad uh, right right iPad uh, so 
I'm working on that right now here. And at some point, we might try to make this change here uh, and let me get on my iPad. Okay. What? While you're looking for Johnny Cruz, uh, we have one guy question. Will the will the long runs hurt the weights going from uh, Sacramento to the Delta? They will a little bit. You know, the long runs, uh, and, and keep in mind, to go anywhere in the Delta, and I'm talking about the winning places, you've got at least a 45-minute run. Uh, in some cases, you've got up to an hour-and-a-half run. So... There's 20%. You know, there's a couple hours out of your day, I think, for a little bit. But you're still going to need a tremendous bag. So don't don't, don't get it wrong. Uh, it's not going to be like, you know, 15 pounds is going to be a good bag. You're still going to need in, in the 20s to really compete. Awesome. Awesome, dude. Do you need a few minutes to get your, uh, your gear together over there, Mike? Well, let's do this. Knowing that we have 20% left on this phone... Why don't we uh, go ahead and disconnect this one, uh, Bry? You can fiddle around with what you have to get ready, and I'll I'll call you right back on the iPad. How does that sound? All right. Um, and uh, you want to wait to dial up Dustin, our next guest, or? Okay. All right, Bry. I'm going to hang up, and we're going to call you right back. For those of you watching at home, okay. Thanks for tuning in. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to be right back, and I wanted to remind you once again, we want to hear from you. We want your feedback. Look right to the left of your screen. You're going to see an IM feed. Log on there. Let us know your comments and questions. Also, hit us up on Twitter, Mike underscore Iconelli at Twitter.com. We want to hear from you. I'll be right back. See you later, guys. All righty. So, so we got to have Dustin coming up next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's going to be our first guest. That'll be uh, that'll be pretty exciting. Coming fresh off of his win. Uh, so everything's going to be fresh into his mind. We can pick his brain about uh, small or spotted bass. How nice would it have been when you won in Alabama when you were a young man to get called up onto a show? It didn't exist. <laughs> like, get that Yankee and stick him. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know. It's funny you say that. I remember winning in uh, down at Lake Martin. That was '99, and uh, you didn't get to go on Facebook. You didn't get to go on Twitter. You had to wait almost three months. Before your Bass Times or Bassmaster issue came out, and you're like looking at the little blurb about you winning the tournament, you're like, "That's it." I remember you, know? you, you, know, you had like a hat that was like that high off your head, dude. It was, it was that hats made back then. You had no choice. But I'm just saying. Yep, yep. I still have that jersey. Oh my goodness gracious! Is he back up with us now? Oh, he's there. He's oh live. Yeah. I think he's had one too many beers. I know. Nah, he's had one beer. It's the medication in the beer. <laughs> A bigger surface area. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we've got you. We got you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. You can probably lift it up a little bit. You can hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can hear you. We can hear you. Apparently, you can't hear us too good. <coughs> and as he freezes up for us, it's we funny. have a Walt Disney. Whatever screens get frozen. We're never, we never have a handsome look on our face. Nah. Like, we're always, like, in the middle of, like, uh, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, well how's that? Well, we've got, we've got a nice, cool guest coming up. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we we'll look forward to talking to him. How uh, old is he? Does anyone know how old he is? He looks young in his picture. Uh, he went to college with Jordan Lee, so. so 24, 25, 20 something. Yeah. That's got to be awesome to win a tournament at, at that age, you know? It, it gets you started off with such confidence sure. and, uh, 
you know, to be able to compete. And you look at the names on that trail. I mean, there was a ton of elite anglers in that field. Chris Zaldane, zero. Zero. Yeah, man. Wow. Looks like he fished day one and probably just packed up and bounced. But nonetheless, man. Yeah. You know, and he's a killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might think you might think that. You could see where guys might leave after having a bad first day because it's a win and win and you're in yeah. type mentality. Yeah. And Chris is a strong elite competitor, so he's gonna re qualify over on the elite side, so he doesn't really have to concern himself with qualifying. <laughs> I wonder if that's some kind of a loophole we don't know about. You don't have to fish you know, oh you don't God. get disqualified by leaving. Well, you know, that's frowned upon. FLW doesn't let you do that. Nah, Bass Bass doesn't either. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> there could be fines. There could be some ramifications to that. You see guys do it from time to time. Yeah. Well, at least come up with a good excuse. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Are you back with us, Mike? Gorilla. <laughs> Safe to say we can never advertise iProducts, man. They never work. Like, <laughs> the iPhone worked. I don't know about the Gorilla. You're, you're live gorilla. there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Gorilla. Okay. <laughs> Soul patch. Oh, so I want to you the great gorilla test I have. You know what I mean? Very important. Yeah. Ah, it's good stuff. All right. Body. All right. Well, I'm going to dial up our guests. You guys uh, talk about Mike's chest hair. All right. We'll talk about that. But it's been busy, man. It's been busy around here, buddy. I've been fishing every single day. Been down on the flats. It's, uh, uh, you know, something I wanted to mention to the folks that are listening. Uh, I'm, I guide and I do on-water training on the upper Chesapeake. Uh, so check me out at peakluzek.com. Give me a call. We'll get out there. We've been catching four and five pounders out there on the flats. It's, uh, it's been pretty awesome. And you know what? It's going to get nothing better from here, buddy. You know what I'm saying, Mike? <laughs> can you can you hear me now? <laughs> uh, I hear you, dog. What do you think about this Alabama River, man? You fished there a couple times. I have fished there a couple times. I uh, I, I, I like I like the Alabama River a lot. Um, it's very much a fishery driven by current, uh, and that's. That's hard to understand because the current changes so much. It's very unpredictable from the standpoint of current. But I can tell you the spotted bass that live in there are some of the meanest, hardest fighting fish I've ever caught in my life. I love the Coosa River spot. Pretty awesome fish. Why, why is the current so change so dramatic down there? What's it, tidal? Well, the current the current comes out of you got two dams there that the the current comes out of. Um, you've got the Jordan Lake Dam and the Bolden Dam, and depending on uh, uh, water uh, water amounts, rainfall, depending on generation, when they want to pull for power, that river can rise and fall and flow and stay still in a matter of minutes. To be honest with you, so. You know, having an understanding of that is difficult. But uh, something interesting, um, you know, I, I watched, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the sport, too. So I watched a lot of the coverage of that tournament. And the winner, who I think we're going to talk to here in a little bit, fished an area that I fished about four years ago. Um, yeah, Dustin fished an area right out in front of the amphitheater. And uh, and I know that that was televised when I fished there, and I had a good bag that day. 
And I, I'm, I'm wondering, I can't wait to ask them if that was a known spot to him or if, or if, you know, that had anything to do with him fishing on that last day. But I'm proud to call that the ice call on the Alabama River. No kidding. <laughs> That's the ice call. That's the ice call. Uh, okay, so join us now via phone. I think he's, I think he's at home. We're going to find out here in a second. Is the recent winner, I mean recent winner, of the Alabama River BASS Central Open, Dustin. Dustin Hi, man. Conley. Connell. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How about y'all? See. I'm at the Grand Canyon. The sun's in my eye. Everything's gone wrong here. The, the producer sucks, but how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm trying to recover right now. I've been fishing seven days straight. I'm tired, but uh, just glad that the tournament ended up the way it did. That, that's awesome. I got to tell you, uh, I, I just mentioned it before you came on. I was following that thing. Uh, it seemed like every minute of every day, I was stuck in a car with a bum leg, driving out west like a thousand hours. So I was glued. Uh, I was glued to my iPhone the entire time. Uh, man, the consistency that you showed was was really impressive for, for, for me. For me watching it from afar, I was super impressed by the consistency. And and the first thing I want to ask you is. You moved around a lot in that event, too. And I thought that was very interesting. It looked like you fished downriver one day. Uh, the second day, looked like it came back up. And then it looks like the last day, you totally shifted gears and, and stayed near the ramp. Talk to us a little bit about why you did that and, and the confidence that you had to be able to adjust and make those changes. Well, um, you know, like in practice, I went down there and uh, I knew I needed, you know, rain. I knew I needed some current. And they wouldn't run in anything, you know, any kind of water out of Bolton or, you know, Jones Bluff. And uh, I, I thought it was going to be real tough. You know, the weights were going to be down. But uh, I don't know how, but we just had rain all week long. And what happened was is, you know, we got rain in – you know, central Alabama. We didn't get it in north, like, you know, Birmingham and all that. So they didn't run a lot of water up river. So I knew they were going to run it down. And, uh, I mean, I'm familiar with that river pretty good, but they had the water going good down river. And I have a few places down there that I knew would be good. And uh, all those feeder creeks, you know, down there, they dirtied the water up, which actually helped it. So... The first day, man, I went down there and, you know, I practiced downriver and I said, you know, this is good. And I had some places that I checked mid-river too. And they were, you know, they were some of my backup places. I thought I could catch a limit, you know, a decent limit. So, man, that was my game plan from the beginning. And, uh, man, it just, it was just, it just worked out. It was just, I don't know, man, it was just a blessing. That was awesome. It was awesome performance. It was awesome watching it. Now, did you did you weigh a single largemouth in three days of the event, or were it entirely spotted bass? All spotted bass. I never, I never picked up a braid rod, uh, braid rod, or anything. All week. it was just all spots. 
Wow, that's that's impressive. That's awesome to to win on spots like that. Well, Mike, that's yeah, amazing. D- uh, Dustin, yeah. this is Pete. You're known as a spotted bass guru. Uh, I mean, the the guys that we've talked to, you say you catch them all over. The spots are kind of a tricky animal. I mean, uh, how, how do you adjust them? Does he move a lot? I mean, what makes you such a good spotted bass angler? Man, I learned from a lot of local guys from around here. Actually, you know, my brother and, uh, you know, he taught me a lot about current fishing. And, uh, you know, in a river system like that, you know, largemouth around here, they win a lot of tournaments, but they're not really consistent, you know, and... I don't know, man. I just, that's what I love fishing for. And, um, you know, I just, that's what I put all my time into. And, and it just played into that this week. It was, I mean, it was just an awesome week. Did you, now, them spots are known, man. They're battlers. Mike was just commenting a little while ago. They're the hardest pulling fish that he fishes for. Uh, did you have any mishaps, man? Did you lose any big ones during the tournament? I lost one big one the first day, and it was, I mean, it was a grown one. I mean, it was probably a five-pounder, and that was, I mean, you know, it's all said and done now, but I think, I mean, it would have helped me definitely. I weighed in one, like, three-and-a-half-pounder. I don't know what I would have had the first day, but I lost one good one. But that all week, other than that fish, man, I put them all on the boat. Man, that's what you got to do to win, you know, is you got to be you got to be that steady and consistent, and congratulations on that. What, what's it feel like, man? You you just won a massive tournament, man. You you dominated some very serious competition down there on the Alabama River. I, I mean, how's that feel? I, I mean, you're a young man. How's that feel to win at such a high level? Man, I mean, it's starting to set in now. Uh, you know, I've been fishing like seven. I put in a lot of time for that tournament, and I'm uh. Man, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. I'm sore. I mean, I don't see how the elite guys do it four days in a row. But, uh, man, I don't know. It's just awesome. I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, it's definitely, the, you know, one of the best weeks I've ever had. All right. Did you – Did you? Uh, has the trophy left your side? Did you sleep with it last night? I, no. I, I tell you what I did. As soon as I left, I put it in my seatbelt over there in my passenger seat. And, uh Every now and then I walk down to my truck and just check on it, make sure it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could they could take everything else, but they got to leave that trophy. But um, that's right. That's awesome. So what what's next for you? I mean, are you gonna are you gonna tackle the uh, the opens uh, for a full season? You gonna try to qualify for the elites? What's what's in your future? Yeah, I'm on plan on uh, fishing the southerns next year, and I planned on fishing you know all of them this year, but I didn't get in the first tournament. And I was I was lucky to get in this one, you know, and and I hate that I I'm not gonna make the classic, but you know I plan on fishing, you know maybe the southerns and the centrals next year and uh, trying to qualify, you know, but uh, sure. we'll see what happens. So you you tried to register for the first tournament, you you tried and the field was full and they wouldn't let you in. Is that what happened? Yeah, see, it, it filled up, and uh, several of my buddies, they signed up, and, you know, they were on the waiting list, and I tried to sign up, and I just, I never, you know, got in, and I got a phone call a couple weeks before this, this opened, and they said, hey, we've got a spot open, you know, it didn't fill up, and I said, yeah, you know, sign me up, so 
I got uh, you. I was lucky to get in. Man, I'm glad I did. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I've got a lot of pool at bass, so I'm going to give them a call down there, see if we can change that classic status for you. <laughs> that's right. I, I hope so. <laughs> hey, Dustin, it's Dave here. We were talking to some of your friends, and uh, we were told that you once said that you would sell your dog before you quit fishing. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I told uh, Matt Lee that. Matt and Jordan Lee, we were down in Florida at the Open, like, last year or two years ago. And, I mean, like, I mean, you know how it is. Fishing, I mean, I ain't saying my life revolves around it. It's just a big part of me. It's what I love doing. And, I mean, when you're dedicated to something like that, I mean, I, I'm just not going to quit. You know, I, we've all had bad tournaments, but, you know, mishappens and stuff like that. And I told Matt Lee and then Matt, I said, man, I, I want, you know, I want to do this so bad that, you know, it don't matter. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So what have you done with your boat certificate that you want? Have you sold it? Is it up for sale? Are you negotiating? What do you got going on? I've had a few people call me about it, and um, uh, it's up for sale right now. I'm planning on selling it. Any contact and, uh, info you'd like to put out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a new Triton, uh, TRX-19 with a 200, let me know. Uh, 205-217-0129, and uh, I can hook you up with one. So. And uh, Dave, just, just so up? you know, you just entered a non-binding contract. We will get 10% of that sale. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't pay them, so that'll be some kind Yeah, of we need some kind of a cut. We're going to do it North Jersey style, and we're going to take a vig from you, all right? All right, all right. Now, here, here's a good question. Here's something. Actually, a two-part question. First part is I saw you using a spinnerbait on the last day, and I thought that was interesting because spinnerbaits have kind of fallen out of favor uh, today, you know, for other lures. So I want you to talk about the spinnerbait. But the second part to that question is, how in the F did you catch a turtle? <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you know, like I said, down river, I fished down there the first two days, and then I checked the water schedule the morning before that last day, and I saw that it was, you know, they had water running. And when I lost my boat, I saw it got a little dirtier, and I said, dude, they are going to choke a spinnerbait. And, uh, man, I pulled up to that first spot. I guess you call it the I-Cole. <laughs> but I pulled up to that rock pile right there. And, I mean, I think it was my fourth cast on the spinnerbait. The water color was perfect for it. They had water moving, and, man, they were ripping that thing out of my hand. <laughs> it was awesome. That's cool, man. That is really cool. So what are your aspirations? Do you plan on going pro? I mean... Right now, I, I I would love it, man. You know, like, I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, you're young, you, you need to do it when you're young, and, and that's what I want to do, and uh, and that's that's the goal right now, you know. So now you had mentioned you were friends with the Lee brothers. Now, they are, they are alma mater of your blood enemy. Any kind of animosity, any kind of rivalry, what's going on there between you guys? <laughs> no, man, I... You know, I fish college tournaments a lot with them, and, uh, you know, they went to Auburn, I went to Alabama, but, uh, man, I, as soon as, you know, I met those guys, like, we kicked it off, and 
ever since then, man, they're, they're some of my good buddies. You know, Jordan walked up to me the last day and was like, man, I hope you win it. I mean, they're, they're some good guys. So then the rivalry only exists between stupid fans that follow the football teams, right? Uh, yeah, ain't no doubt. Yeah, right. It's a big rivalry between them. See, you, you got to understand, like, where we live in the Northeast, we don't care about college sports at all. So for us, it's like foreign for people that actually care about their local college sports. Am I lying, guys? Do we care yeah. what Rutgers football does? No, I don't know about at all, but maybe not as passionately as they do down south. Or out Midwest, like oh, Oklahoma, yeah. Texas, man, they're crazy over their college football. Crazy. 120,000. Go watch the game. Oh, yeah. You get too far away from the coast, you get crazy anyhow. But that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because a big of the water down here, yeah. man. Lack of water. But speaking of Jordan, Jordan did good. He had a top 10 in that tournament, didn't he? Jordan Lee? Yeah, he did good. He, uh, he, got, he got in the top 10 for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he had a good week also. Yeah, just so you know, I, I contacted both the Lee brothers uh, looking for your contact info, and uh, Matt Lee is a lot better at getting back to people and returning messages than Jordan is. Just let you know that. <laughs> well, which one's better looking? Because the one that's not getting back to you is probably doing what better looking people do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, Dustin, is there any way that the fans can uh, can get a hold of you, uh, view you on uh, Twitter, Facebook? Instagram, Instagram, your website, anything? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, you can add me on uh, DC Fishing. And, uh, you know, you can add me on, on Facebook, you know, Dustin Connell, but um, Twitter's the same as DC Fishing. Cool. Well, Dustin, thanks for joining the show. Congratulations on your huge win, my friend. Well earned. Thanks, man. It means a lot. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Dustin Connell, everybody. Hey, man. Outstanding, Dustin. Great win. Good job. Good win. Awesome. Boy, how great would that have been, man, uh, to be that age and been like just uh, to win one like I'm that? Repositioning. Yep. Repositioning. Uh, trying to use the forest here to get a setup going on, you know? Yeah, it's a great view of your hands. Thanks. <laughs> you want to do a sock puppet? Great view of my hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find it works here. Hold on. All right, buddy. I think I like James, James Bond in the woods. Guys. That's awesome right there. If you could just do that the whole time. Bad. Bad. Worse. Good. Excellent. There you go. Good teeth, yeah. man. That's excellent teeth. <laughs> Good thing your teeth haven't went gangerous yet like your leg, dude. Look at them. <laughs> nice. Jealous. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, that was cool. So there's that. Dustin, young man, winning big. How about it, man? Man, my heart bleeds for him not making the class. The, the, the air is cleaner. The air smells better. Everything's just fresh up here. All right. Fresh. Fresh. The trees are tall. Is it how like how long like how long does it stay light out there? Is it like a lot longer than us? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm three hours behind you, so. No, I know that, but I mean, like, is it still nine o'clock at night? Is there still sunlight up there? Like, uh, I'd say right about at nine, I think it's gonna get dark. Let me, let me, let me take here. Take a look at the sun right there. Can you see that? Uh, uh, according to my angular calculations, we've got an hour and fifteen minutes left on that sun. You're right at the sunlight angle that all the photographers that film models on the beach, that's the one they strive for. That 5 o'clock sun, man. Yellow. 
All right, so what do we got next, man? What do we got, Brian? Uh, it's up to you guys. I mean, we could go to our next guest here. Mike, you want to? Uh, what, what do you, you want to move on? Do you want to move on to Gerald, or you got something? Some other things? You know what we could discuss, Mike? Today is a very yes. significant anniversary of a horrible terrorist attack that occurred on our soil, and that's the 20th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing. They. Uh, uh, it is. Let's let's talk about that, man. That's uh, it is the anniversary that um, the the timing of it is is interesting because we drove literally, and I didn't know this. Two days ago, we drove through Oklahoma City, coming out west, uh, and and Becky and I, that was part of our conversation. We're like, yeah, hey, you remember back when that when that shit happened, and we were kind of reminiscing on, on that situation. But man. It, it, I, I can remember it, and I can remember it as being, you know, one of the first big um, terroristic, you know, moments uh, that, that happened in the country. And it's scary, you know what I mean? It's so scary that, that something like that could happen. And, and, you know, that's the other part to that is, you know, I think a lot of times we want to, uh, we, we want to uh, segregate and say, you know, only this kind of person could do that. Only, you know, somebody from a different country could do that. I mean, that, you know, he was he was he was an American, you know, and, and uh, so there's crazy people all over the place. Uh, but but definitely, you know, crazy, crazy thing that happened right up there with a lot of the other tragedies. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, let's 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 take this time to uh, think about all the families that were were affected by that man it's horrible horrible tragedy you know yeah the one thing that's burned into my mind was that was the uh the picture of that of that fireman carrying that 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 lifeless toddler uh i read a story the other day she would have turned 21 just recently had had that not happened you know and it apparently this fireman's still in contact with her mother I mean, I, I remember that photo, and I remember that, you know, obviously you remember seeing half the building gutted, but then I remember the picture of that brave fireman carrying her. And, uh, you know, it's it just, uh, yeah. I, I just don't now, understand how you take your grievance that you have against your government and unleash it upon women and children and innocent people. I, I just, I don't understand it. That that dude, that dude was sick. Now, now Dave, you're, you're a buff of all this stuff. What... What did did uh, what was the result? Did, did he end up? Did we end up? He's dead. Is he? Is he? He's yeah. Dead. He, okay. he, didn't, thought, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't elect any of the appeals. He didn't elect to proceed with any of the appeals process, and uh, he he was he was processed himself. Uh, probably upward of about oh uh, god, I want to say about ten years ago, maybe. Right. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember part of that was, you know, he drove in with like a U-Haul truck or, or you know, one of those rental trucks. Yep. Um, and and ever since then, you know, you're when I'm driving down the road and I see like a U-Haul next to me, I'm kind of always like, oh shit, you know, like I'm kind of like half paranoid, like what the, you know. Yeah, I read Paranoid about U-Haul, you know. He had an accomplice too. He had an accomplice too. Terry Nichols was his accomplice in that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Well, it's it's yeah. not a, it's not a fun topic, and I, I tell you, the Boston Marathon I think took, just took place this weekend. Yeah. Or is, is taking place next weekend. So it's uh, 
they're they've they've stepped up their security massively and and you know they're trying to protect against any future incidents and you know i, I you know you got to say that you know we've we've worked pretty hard as a country and and we we don't we get terrorist acts here but man not like a lot of the other countries around the world you know i you know we do keep it in check to a certain extent but it's always going to be there, you know, and it seems like, you know, the further we get into the future here, the extremists and, you know, what's what's going on with some of the terrorist movements uh, overseas is, uh, you know, they seem to almost have a groundswell going on over there. Uh, it's going to be hard to stifle these types of things. It's true over forward. there, but on, on our homeland, more more attempts and are thwarted than, than we'll ever know about. Right. There are guys behind the scenes yeah. that are working on stopping these animals before they can even unleash their, their evil. Seems to me they're doing a fairly good job. And even from like an inside like an inside law enforcement perspective, the way ninety five the way the ninety five bombing was solved versus the Boston Marathon bombing, Boston Marathon was all technology. Ninety five was good old fashioned police work. There wasn't all of this all of these cameras and, 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 and surveillance footage. It was just straight up old school police work that led to, to, to Nichols and McVeigh versus the Sarnevs. Mm-hmm. Sarnevs was all technology, and the fact that the the Russians told us a long time ago about them, but that's that's all. You know, that's, no one will care. But you know, it, it's it's just uh, you know today seeing that picture and re- remembering this, it's just uh, it should remind everyone why we need to support you know our, our military and our police. Well said. Agreed. So what do you think, Brian? We ready for uh, we ready for Gerald? Yeah, let's get some uh, let's kick this up a notch. Do we want to take a break? Does Pete have to go tinkle or? Yeah, let's do a break. Yeah. I do have to go tinkle. All right. Yeah, let's do a break, Brian. You want you want to run come run the uh, take back your weekends promotion for yes, Mexico? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's do that. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. I want you to stick around. Hold on, we're going to take a short little couple minute break here. Uh, we're going to come back. We've got two very special guests joining us. Uh, hold on there, and and of course, remember, we want to hear from you. We've got an IM here. Let us know what you're thinking. Hold on a couple minutes, and we'll be right back with Ike Live. Hey, folks, Mike Iaconelli here, and you know what I'm going to do when I take back my weekend. I'm going fishing. Xmark.com slash weekends. Submit your video on how you're going to take back your weekends for a chance to win an Xmark mower, cool outdoor gear, and a chance to fish with me. Yeah! What's your favorite way to enjoy a weekend? Create and submit your Take Back Your Weekends video at xmark.com slash weekends for a chance to win one of 18 prize packages valued at over $31,000. All right, Mike, we're back to you, buddy. Just... Oh, my God. This is brutal. Uh... 
Mike. Aye, aye. <laughs> Yo, Mike. No remedy. <laughs> We're live, bud. Huh? We're live. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm glad to have everybody back. I was, uh, I, 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 I was, I was actually trying to get comfortable. I, I gotta tell you, uh, it, I'm getting older here. I got this bum leg. Hi, Dave. Uh, it's hard to get comfortable sitting out here in the woods. Man, I, you guys are spoiled back there in the studio. You got the couch. You got the casting couch. You got all the swivel chairs. I mean, I'm out here on a damn stump, man. Come on. I'm on a stump. It hurts. My ass is hurting right now. I'm on a stump. <laughs> I'm on a stump. I'm on a stump. All right, guys, let's look alive. This is officially the worst show we've done I'm in 10 months. Stuff. Let's pick it up. <laughs> the worst show we've ever done. I, I do apologize. I thought we were live. Right. commercial. I didn't know we were live. I thought it was we were 30 seconds. All right. Well, I don't know if it's. All right. <laughs> was it 30 seconds? Sorry. I appreciate the break, though. Yes. Brian, that yeah. was awesome. Pete has a small bladder. <laughs> yeah, that coffee just burns through you. Hey, speaking of which, you know why? Because I'm down to 240 pounds. Oh! Got 15 pounds knocked off. And uh, we're trending. Trending downward. Nice. Are you... Is this true or is this is this a joke? No, I verified it, Mike. Legit. Legit. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you, Great man. Great job on the weight loss. Thank you, man. Every show. Every show is uh, knocking... Just chipping away at it a little bit. I'm getting a little bit better at doing it. Getting a little bit better at controlling... The, my diet that I need to, my exercise regime keeps getting stronger because it seems like the later I get, the the fitter I feel, and the longer I can go, and it just kind of builds on itself. I'm uh, I'm still I'm on track, man. July fifth, my birthday. I'm targeting 200 pounds. We're still on track. I mean, you got strong hair too, man. It looks. Uh, I mean, that's that's hanging in there just as well, dude. <laughs> well, really you know, good. You know, thank you. But I think if I cut that hair off, I might lose. No, that, don't. You got to come on. The beard, the hair, it's a whole package. Uh, what, what I so, like, what he really has going for him is his tan line from his eyeballs down. <laughs> well, that's the fisherman's tan line. We all have that. <laughs> offended the entire fan base, John. <laughs> <laughs> now, so Pete, what are you going to do for your 50th? Anything special? <laughs> On my birthday? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far away, man. <laughs> We've got a couple years. It's not gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna, not gonna be this year. But hopefully, I'm still 200 pounds when I turn 50. Yeah, man. God willing. Hey, we're gonna keep losing though. We're gonna keep losing, man. I tell you, the pressure of Ike Live having to get on that scale yes. every time I have a show is uh, is been a, a helpful pressure. As much as I hate you guys for making me do it, <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> But uh, peer pressure. <laughs> but it's been helpful. So, Mike, I know you're on the road and you didn't get to watch it. But last night, one of our future guests on the show, Jim Miller, had a big fight in Newark, New Jersey. And unfortunately, he lost by yeah. a decision in a really good fight. I know you didn't get to watch it. We DVR'd it for you back here. But, uh, you know, we're looking forward to having that show. Maybe you can prep the fans a little bit on what they're going to what to expect this summer. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of an MMA fan from afar, not not hardcore like you guys, but um, I can't wait to meet Jim. I can't wait to have him. Uh, you know, the plan is uh, Jim's going to come down to South Jersey, 
Uh, we're going to do a little fishing on a couple of the ponds uh, around the house. Hopefully have some really good fishing. June in South Jersey is usually really good. Uh, and then we're going to have them in the studio to talk shop. Um, well, well, so b- before, it, it'll be interesting. I think. Yeah. But before, in between fishing and in the studio, there, there might be, uh, you know, maybe Jim gets to show you what he does. Yeah, we plan on bringing some mitts, I'd... some headgear, some mats. <laughs> <laughs> you might get your first jujitsu lesson, Mike. <laughs> hey, just hey, listen to me. Just play some Rage Against the Machine, and it'll be all good. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, moving on. I don't know if you had paid attention this week, but both Hibdens pulling out of FLW. Got any thoughts on that? I saw, I saw that. That's uh, man, that's quite disturbing, to be honest with you. That's disturbing. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That brings up a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of topics there with the Hibdens, Hibdens bailing out. And Van Souls, am I correct? Yep. The coolest yep. name of bass fishing. Yep. Lake Live. Lake Live. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, the Hibdens, I mean, that's a fishing family. Yeah. Um, you know, especially Guido and Dion. Um, how much more established can you get how much more ingrained can you get in the sport of profession and to have those guys drop out and cite sponsorship you know basically business or financial reasons that's a really that's a really scary thing and and you know that's uh doesn't say a lot of good things for our sport um you know, when somebody like Guido, and, and Guido is in retiring age, in my opinion, when you see a guy like that retire, you want him to retire on his own graces. You know, he, you know he's had enough. He's physically ready to quit. He, he just wants to spend more time with his grandchildren. Um, but to see him almost forced out of the sport because of finances, that's not good. That's not good, and I'd I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that as well. Well, I, I can tell you, I've got. There's a lot of people forced out of this sport because of finances. I mean, Guido is bringing it to light because he's such a powerful name. I mean, um, Pete Glusek mul- forced out of the sport. Multiple anglers of the year. Hey, the fact of the matter is, I'm not fishing the elites because I chose not to because it wasn't a good business deal. You know, the finances were not adequate to to th- to go out there. And spend a hundred thousand or eighty-five thousand dollars a year, and you know try to win it back. It did. It just didn't make good business sense with the with the sponsor base that that I was carrying at the time at the times that I qualified. And I'm not alone, man. There's a lot of super talented anglers out there that have won major tournaments, big tournaments, and yet they they're very very good at angling. The sponsor dollars, not so good at acquiring the sponsor dollars, are not good at acquiring them to the, a sufficient level uh, needed to be able to be competitive and to stay out there and compete. So, you know, the question is, you know, how do you last longer in this sport, with talent or with money? It seems like the guys with money can last a heck of a lot longer out there uh, in this sport, you know. So, it, it's a, to me, it's a, it's a black eye on our sport. It's an ugly little secret. That most people don't understand or know nothing about. They don't understand it when, you know, when you qualify for the elites, when you qualify for the FLW tour, your contract is a bill. 
It's not a salary. <laughs> you know, you get you get a fifty to a hundred thousand dollar bill. Yeah, I like that. by qualifying. I mean, that's that. Yeah. Who has that kind of uh, capital just sitting around, ready to just throw out there? You know, you've got it. You've got to get support. You got to get sponsorship. It's hard to get. Old money and trust fund babies, man. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, does it. Oh no, he's old money. He's not trust fund baby. Well, there, there's man, no question. <laughs> It brings up another point, and we, we harp on this all the time, which is we have no representation in, in our group. You know, there's no angular representation. Along with that is, you know, there's no savings fund. You know, a normal job, uh, you know, nine-to-five job, you've got a, a, four, a 401K, you've got a retirement program, you've got money sitting for you when you, you get to, to your elder age. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they didn't have money management. They didn't put money away. And you get to later in your career, and all of a sudden, you're, you're short funds. That's, that's a shame. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's definitely a shame in our sport that we've, we've, had, we've called ourselves professionals for over 30 years, yet we don't have a, represent, uh, a representing group, and we don't have someone there helping us financially uh, along the way. That's a but, shame. And Mike, so a big shame. Mike, I have a question. How would how would an, how would having a union, an Angler Union, change what happened to the Hibdens? I mean, are you going to ask for like say the kid we just had on where he has to give 20% of his purse to go into a to almost like a fund? Like I don't understand how that would have helped the Hibdens stay in if if, if Anglers were unionized. Well, I, I, I think, you know, the way it would have helped is he would have had advice along the way and he would have had means to to be smarter with, with the money. And, and again, I, I don't know his exact situation, but, you know, if you have a professional organization, you've got ways to, to put stuff aside. I got you've you. got planning. You've got preparation. You've got an organization that's looking out for the anglers right now. No one is looking out for the anglers. You've got to look out for yourself. So I've been, you know, I've been fortunate that, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of these things on my own. But you know, a lot of these guys don't have that. A lot of these guys don't have the means or the no, you know, the know-how to be able to to put savings away for a rainy day. You know, it's a shame. You just don't see it in any other professional sport. You know? No, you don't. Well, I, well, you know. Boxers are notoriously going bankrupt. That's stupidity. That's yeah. not because they're being priced out of the sport. Well, Two different things. It, it, they, you know, that's, that's that's an educational thing. And there there is a little bit of this problem in other professional sports. You know, where they 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 do go bankrupt and they have trouble. And I'm not. I don't know what Guido's situation is. I hope that's not it. I hope Guido is just making a good business decision. He's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, my sponsorship has dropped to a, to a level that does not justify me going out there chasing that you know flw tour I, i'm hoping that's where he's at and it's not like you know like you said mike where maybe he doesn't isn't adequately you know prepared for his retirement i mike, hope it's the other mike when when you were right. when you were real young in your in your career didn't you fish with guido uh, uh norman don't you have history with him i did i and i oh it was great it was great i i had the opportunity i drew him as an amateur in 1994 in lake norman and it was awesome. One of the best experiences I ever had. Got to watch him at work and, uh, and, and you know, pick his brain a little bit. And um, it was interesting because I got to tell you, we started out 
fishing topwaters in the morning on riprap. And I was so nervous to be with Guido, I, I ended up sticking the hook in my palm. I had a pop R, <laughs> and I buried the barb on the pop R. And I was so embarrassed, I didn't want to say anything to Guido. So I just pulled, I quick pulled it out. Uh, that's how the day started. And then he, and then he started skipping docks, um, uh, with a small jig and with a tube. And I remember I struggled most of the day. I think I had like one keeper and late in the day, I remember being in the back of the boat and I kept seeing these schools of shad in between the docks up on the bank near the rocks. And they were like three, four inches in these little packs. And I went down. I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I went down in my bag, and I tied on a finesse fish. Yeah. For all you old school, old heads out there, Herb Reed, Lunker City, I tied on a finesse fish on a keeper hook, a three-ot keeper hook, no weight. And I just started throwing it between the docks, and I freaking smoked their asses in the last two hours of the tournament. And I remember Guido coming up to me at the end of the day and, you know, saying, man, great job. And, you know, he was, you know, he was just a lot of compliments. And this is coming from a hero of mine. Yeah. And and he said, hey, man, good luck the rest of the tournament. I have a feeling you're going to win this thing. By the way, do you have a bag of those finesse fish I can borrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He he was ahead of his time too with his lore designs. If you remember the Guido bug, well there I'm, were no other finesse crawfish baits back then. I remember the Guido bug, but I I remember may, may, mainly he was the spinning rod guy. He was one yeah, of the first big time spinning rod guys to get out there and yeah. win. You know that's a big deal. That was before you even, Mike. <laughs> but he got out fished from the guy in the back of the boat. <laughs> I mean, there's your first sign. You know what I mean. <laughs> Guido's uh, the king of finesse back then. King of finesse. Uh, um, hey, with as many Guido bugs as he sold, I'm surprised he doesn't have a couple billion laying around. You know, I think I bought, I bought probably bought a thousand bags of my. I still have time. them, dude, sitting in really? some far away little tote. Red oh god, yeah. red shad. Red oh. shad, inch on the Delaware. <laughs> no, I don't have red shad. Well, hey, we had an IM question. Ah. We had an IM question come in about the angler retirement program. Remember, they used to have that at Bass, uh, where a portion of our checks used to get put into the retirement fund. And uh, would you remember whatever? I know it got you know when when the economy went south and everybody was losing money on that. They kind of they paid everybody out of it and discontinued the program. I don't remember much else about it. Why yeah. did Why did they discontinue that? Well, there, there was more reasons behind that than that. You know, that was the old um, Association of Bass Professionals. You might remember that sticker. Uh, and if, if you fish professional tournaments, you had to be a member of that. Dave, like you said, they pulled out a portion. Uh, not, a, not a portion of your winnings, but they pulled out a number each year, um, you know, that you had to put into the kitty. And when ESPN bought bass, um, that was one of the things that ESPN wanted to get rid of. They didn't want to deal with the legalities and the and and the responsibilities of overseeing a group like that. Um, but to be quite honest with you, again, that belongs in the hands of the anglers, not the organization. You know. Mm. All right, guys. So what, do, what do you think? Want to dial up Gerald? Ready for this? <laughs> Let's dial up Gerald. I'm I'm anxious to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
All right, go about your business for about two minutes. Is that was that we're talking about two minutes? Two minutes. He's got a 45-inch vertical leap. I wonder if he still has a 45-inch vertical leap. I mean, that's like one more inch taller than Dave Mansu. <laughs> Let me mention something Why we got a little two-minute break here. Uh, I, I want to say to everybody there in the studio, even Brian, you're listening. I know you're on the phone, but you're still listening. Tremendous job last week. Uh, J3, Brodzik, Pete, Brian, all you guys. Awesome job last week. I got to tell you, I watched the show and listened to it on my drive the last a couple days coming out west. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Very proud of you guys, man. Um, I, I can tell you, if I fall over the grand, uh, fall off a cliff tomorrow to Grand Canyon, this show will live on without me. So good like job. live lives. Good job, hey, thanks, buddy. <laughs> we missed you. We missed you greatly last week. Glad to, we're awful yeah, glad to yeah. have you back. Yes, we are. What, what do we got, Bri? Without further ado, Mike. Okay. Without further ado, I don't know where he's at. We're going to find out where he's calling from. Uh, very excited to have this guest on. And, and I got to meet this guy last year at an open. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, the Gerald, come on, everybody. Gerald! <laughs> That's Sorry, fair. Gerald. That was wrong. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> we have our own personal safety to look out for. We can't have a cowboy on without a fight song before it. <laughs> that was good. Hi, Gerald. How are you tonight? Gerald, you there? Yes, I'm here. I can hear you. How you doing tonight, Gerald? I'm doing good. Just hanging out and checking out the show. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a great opportunity, and appreciate you guys just bringing me along. We're trying to see if Mike is live now. Mike, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Gerald, great to have you on the show. Uh, are you at home? Where are you at right now? I'm at home in uh, East Tennessee right now. I live in Kingsport, Tennessee. And, uh, this home, I just fished that open. That best and smash us all in, and uh, I'm glad to be back home. How how was the open? How was the experience of fishing for those uh, those Coosa River spots? <laughs> it, it was a great experience, to be honest. We had a great week of practice, and uh, I dealt with some adversity, and I didn't know how to adjust the first day. I, I went to my little spot, and they had dropped the water, and I kind of got lost in the mix, and. Uh, I wasn't really able to adjust, and that's what I'm learning this game is all about, is making all these on-the-spot adjustments. And uh, I was able to make the right adjustments. But, you know, day two, kind of the waters came back came back and got into my favor, and I was able to pull out, you know, an 11-8 bag. And, uh, you know, I was just glad that I was able to make an adjustment and actually have a great bag, have a decent bag the next day. So, um, But, you know, it's all a learning experience. And uh, every time I'm out fishing, it's great. And uh, I'm just glad to be able to be still competing at something. (laughs) Gerald, did you have any prior experience on that water? No, I have never been there. Not at all. It it was new. I've never fished. I remember my boat anywhere with a – I had to have my trolling motor on 100 
uh, and I'm only creeping up inches. So uh, it, it was a whole new experience for me. But, you know, I kind of figured it out. And, uh, you know, I was just proud of that. I was just, uh, you know, I was glad I was able to make the adjustment today, too. And um, I learned a lot about fishing, you know, that really fast water when they're pushing that water through. And I had a great time. We're, we're, we're kind of waiting for Mike to respond out there. We don't, we're on a little bit of a delay. Mike's out at the Grand Canyon if you've been listening to the show. But, um, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I appreciate you being on the show with us, Gerald. I mean, you spent eight years in the NFL. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really, that's living the dream for most people in the world. But uh, it looks like you, your dream is now to join the world of professional bass fishing. That's, uh, that's going to be quite an undertaking. <laughs> yeah, it's always been a goal of mine. Uh, just growing up as a kid, I had uh, I had three goals, and uh, you know, to make the NFL is one of them, and the one was to be a professional bass fisherman. I'm trying to achieve that, and uh, my last one was I wanted to always be a NASCAR driver. So I don't even know if I can get to that point in my lifetime. But, uh, who knows what can happen? But you know, those are three goals of mine, and I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate to be able to conquer one, and. Uh, now I'm trying to move on to the next, but it's always trying to do something new. And uh, but the biggest thing is I just have to compete at some, whether it's playing a local basketball league, which I do at home sometimes. And I just can't sit in the office and do anything. I have to be competing at something. That's the only way I can get satisfaction out of you know day to day. That's interesting, and I, I mean I'm I'm excited to hear that you uh, you had a goal of being a pro bass fisherman when you were a kid. That's that's pretty cool. You were you were, uh, how, would you flip a coin? Uh, go play football or go bass fishing? That was uh, it. Must have been a tough decision. Gerald, who were some of your favorites when you were growing up? My favorites? What do you mean? Just fishing? Favorites and fishing? Yeah, some of the favorite personalities in professional fishing. Who'd you admire? I mean, you see the guys, uh, all the old school guys. Uh, I mean, uh, Bill Dance. I used to watch his show like any time that I could. He would always come on the weekends. I watched in front of the TV. Watch the show and bang it out and see how he was catching them. Um, now he was probably by far one of my favorites just growing up and checking out. And you know, I just grew up. My granddad and my father used to take me out fishing all the time, and we used to fish from the banks for like white bass, catfish. And I just see these guys in these bass boats, and I was like, man, one day I want to, one day I want to have a boat one day and get to chase those large mouth like they do. And um, you know, I was fortunate to play in the NFL and was able to get me get an aluminum boat and. Uh, started it just went on from there now when you when you when you played in florida when you played for the jags did you do a lot of saltwater fishing or did you do was did you fish the river what did you fish down there i did some i, I kept my boat back home in tennessee and i would just fish the, the local picks around town when i was during the off season and um I, I would take some charters for like redfish or during the intercoastal waters and stuff but um you know i pretty much got into one when i was in dallas uh, I had a chance to go on a guided trip with Ot Defoe, and uh, I just seen how he was casting and stuff. And from then it just clicked, like, man, I really need to pursue this. And then he talked me into getting a glass boat. And next thing I know, I'm taking my boat to practice every day. And <laughs> I just get away for practice to be over just so I can get on the lake. So, <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> That's funny because there's a lot of us that work non-NFL jobs, and that's what we do. We never would think that an NFL player would be like, when will practice get over so I can get out on the water? It's pretty neat to hear that, yeah, dude. <laughs> it was pretty much. I try to take my guy, take some uh, take some of the players out. It's just fishing as well. You know, just, just growing up, you know, fishing kind of kept me out of trouble. 
it gave me a different outlet to do things. You know, other guys are wanting to go do crazy stuff. And, you know, I might just go to the river and just put my pole in the water and just sit there and hang out. And, you know, I just like what it does. And, you know, it's I think it's a great hobby for us kids, for the kids growing up. And, you know, a lot of these kids are wanting to play video games and just sit and do nothing. And, you know, fishing is just something different. It's a, it's a cool hobby. And it's, there's nothing that really can go wrong. Just go out there, relax, teaches you patience. You get a lot of life skills you can learn just from being on the water. And um, those values are just very important. And I just think fishing gives you a lot of them. You get to deal with a lot of ups and downs, frustration, good times, uh, bad times. It's, 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 a, it's pretty much life on the water. Now, I, I, I got a question for you, Gerald. So you've been at the pinnacle of professional football. You, you're one of the best in that sport. And now that you're making this crossover, give a, give us, give all of us in the studio and our audience an honest opinion. What's a harder sport, professional football or professional bass fishing? <laughs> For me, which was the hardest is the fishing stuff. Yes. Uh, you know, I had some, I had some natural abilities to where you know I could ride, jump, I can do all this and that, you know, get intercepted and stuff. But this fishing stuff is just different lakes. Stuff changes, and uh, I don't know. It's just so frustrating sometimes. It's just trying to figure it out. You're constantly trying to figure a lake out at all times or a river out at all times, and it's never how you think it's going to be. And you know, you know, you go in a football game with the game plan. You already know pretty much what the teams you're on to run, who their good players are. So bass fishing every day is just totally different. It's just it's always something something else that pops up, whether it's adversity with your electronics or boat something happens or you know you're just not catching them or you might get into a big school of fish that you never expected to it's always just something that's out of the unexpected that happens and just having to adjust you know like like i said before you just pretty much go into the game with a game plan you already know what you're going to do you kind of know what they're going to do and you just go ahead and play uh, you know fishing is nothing like that <laughs> Now, I, here's a second part, another great question, and I know we get this a lot. So you're a, you know, you're a big burly football player. Does that directly relate to the techniques that you like in bass fishing? Because a lot of guys yeah. wouldn't be able to imagine you with four pound tests and a spinning rod. They think you're out there, you know, throwing a flipping stick the whole time. What, what's your favorite technique? What, what do you like to do in the bass fishing world? Uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of green a little bit, so I like to experiment with new things. You know, I, I always, I like to throw crankbaits and stuff. But you know, I'm getting into more finesse fishing and just fishing the northerns last year. You know, it got you out there drop shotting a lot, throwing tubes, using a lot of spinning gear. Uh, I just like it because I pretty much try to use a little bit of everything. I can't say that I'm the I can't say I have a favorite technique. I just try to just figure out what they're biting and then just do it. But if I can catch them certain ways, you know, I'd rather catch them power fishing or I can horse them and put them in the boat. I don't really like to mess with the light line as much. Uh, I can't stand having one break off. That's just, I hate, to, I try to eliminate that as much as possible by using heavier line and power fishing. But, um, you know, I would, just, I would have to say power fishing is some sort of technique, maybe whether it's a crankbait or flipping or pitching into some things with some pretty heavy line. I just don't, I hate having an excuse I broke one off. That is, that's like the worst. <laughs> it's already hard enough to get them to bite sometimes, but to just have one break because of your line being too light or wasn't able to 
pull them out of some brush or something. I, I can't stand that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather power fish than anything. And uh, uh, our own producer, Brian the Carpenter, he breaks off like 10 times every time he goes fishing. He breaks off. It's all lies. He's got line for <laughs> what is real. That did. <laughs> Strand. That's the worst ever one break off. Do you, do, you, do you go Ike when you break off a fish? Do I go Ike when I break off a fish? <laughs> break trolling motors, I throw think, tackle I think into I the water? I when I break off a fish or when I catch a good fish. I mean, yeah. I know everybody gives you a lot of uh, being all loud with your screams. But, I mean, you can't help it. If you, if you only knew the things that were coming out when we were on the football field and you see somebody make a good play, and you just hear, I mean, the, the fans don't hear it, but we're just like, man, this dude's yelling, going crazy. I mean, it's totally understandable. I can really relate to it. I do it too. If I do catch a fish, I catch a limit. I go crazy, especially last week. Just the last tournament. I mean, then my my co-angler, he caught a six pounder. Oh, oh my! We were both going crazy. It was just. <laughs> give, give that time, totally Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give that give that being happy for your co-angler success some time, my friend. That, that'll wane. <laughs> oh man! Strong beer. <laughs> Mike, Mike, have you ever been happier, happy for your co-angler to catch a six-pounder behind you? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> hey, Gerald, uh, your time when your time in the league, did you uh, did you get a chance to fish with any other guys? Like, where would you go? Oh, on Texas, I used to take some guys out. Like, I went out with Brandon Carr, Miles Austin. We went out before. Uh, I would take him to uh, Lake Louisville, Lake Grapevine, uh, Lake Fork. We would just do, like, the local stuff, and I would just try to get some of those guys into fishing. Um, some of them liked it. Some, I talked to some guys. They went and got boats as well. And, uh, you know, I would just go, especially during the off-season. I pretty much was taking my boat to practice every day or just to, whenever we had to go lift weights. I would have my boat in the parking lot. As soon as I get on lifting, I'm just going to the lake. So, like, being in the NFL, you you know everything there is about preparation. How has that helped you with preparing for these tournaments? Uh, it, it helps a lot. You know, it's just it's just so different because things change so much. You know, it's it's not like you, you already have a – I mean, you pretty much know if we're going to Green Bay in the wintertime, get ready, it's going to be cold. Well, I mean, it could be bright, sunshiny days. It can be a bright, sunshiny day, but then the next day they drop the water. It's freezing cold outside. It's, the temperatures are up 20 degrees. I mean, it's hard to prepare for that. But you don't really know what the it's – hard, it's hard to, you know, prepare for what the fish are going to do. And, you know, with football, it's the same. You want to play the same game, whether it's rain, sleet, or snow. It's the same game. It's just, okay, you might, your footing might be bad a little bit, so you just put on bigger cleats. You put bigger studs in your cleats, and it pretty much – it stays the same. It's pretty consistent, no matter where you're where you're at. Bass fishing is never consistent. It's day to day. I mean, I know you guys see it all the time. It's day to day. I just know that a so lot much. of the successful ones are really good researchers. Mike is a phenomenal researcher. His office upstairs, I mean, is he's just got maps, old old articles. He's got it everywhere, and he doesn't leave. He does old type of research, and he does new type of internet research. And I just was just drawing the, the parallel between the NFL because I know how much countless hours you guys spend reviewing films and tendencies and stuff like that. And I just thought it was oh, yeah, applicable. But, yeah, that part comes pretty easy. You know, you do a lot of study. I call a couple guys and see kind of 
what's going on, you know, uh, you know, a lot of internet studies, watch videos on stuff and seeing how other people are catching them. But the honestly, uh, it, it usually it doesn't work for me to see how other guys catch them. If I go and try to repeat that, I used to have to try to figure out myself and the way that I'm comfortable with catching the fish is usually right. how I catch them. If I go out there trying to throw the same bait this other guy was throwing, a lot of times I find out that that doesn't work for me. For me, I just have to figure out how to catch those fish the way that I'm used to catching them or a comfortable way for me to catch them. It's kind of, I hope that makes sense. But <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. It's hard sense. for me to go out and intimidate another guy how he's catching them. It's, 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 I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's totally different. It's just... I just have to find out how I'm going to catch them this last week, the second day. You know, I just start throwing baits that I just want what I thought they would bite. And uh, it worked out great the second day. But the first day, I just really didn't. I was stuck on the baits that I was using in practice, and I didn't adjust. And I didn't get, move out a little deeper where they dropped the water. I kind of pulled the fish off of the stuff that I was wanting to fish. So... Well, you've got to fish your strengths. You've always got to do that to be successful, I think, most of the time. But I, I see here you live in Tennessee. Uh, what, what part of Tennessee do you live in, and what's your favorite lake around there? I live in Kingsport, Tennessee. It's about a 45-minute drive to Douglas Lake. Mm. Um, we have South Holston Lake. That's pretty close by. It's a, it's a real clear water. Um, I lived on Boone Lake, which is pretty close. It's, it's close, too, so... Uh, it's three different fisheries that have three different total, you know, types of bodies of water. You know, Holston's really clear, you know, uh, Douglas Lake, they get kind of deeper, especially like in the summertime, you can fish ledges and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a kind of little versatile area. Um, you know, I could, Chickamauga is about three hours away. So, you know, if I ever want to get into some good grass lakes like that, I can go to Chick and... Uh, there's, a, there's quite a few good little lakes around here that I, you can fish, and there's pretty much different types of bodies of water. Mike, can you hear us now? I can hear you now. I've got you. Yep. All right, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead, Mike. You got gotcha. Okay, good. You got me. So, Gerald, I want to know what is the weirdest, strangest thing you've had happen to you on the football field, and then what's the strangest, weirdest thing you've had happen to you on the water, bass fishing. <laughs> uh, I see your show is pretty uncensored, so uh, I'm going to go with the, the strangest thing on the water, which actually happened at the Alabama River. Okay. Well, it was the first day we're already struggling. You know, like, the first thing I hook is a huge, probably seven-pound drum. Oh. And then, uh, you know, I throw a crankbait out there. I feel like something on there. It's a little something small, but it's, I'm like, what is this? It's like, it's, it's not a fish, but it's, you know, it's some trash. I get up to the boat and I hook a condom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear. I mean, it's honest, honest truth. I was like, what? What? Was it that was the Delaware crazy. River? I was like, what? In the river. I'm like, oh my gosh. Y'all are, I guess they, they go they go hard in Alabama. I don't know. Where they do what they want to do. But, uh, How about the football, know, football field? field? There's been many stories. You know, I, I don't know. I remember the first time I was playing. Um, it was my rookie year. You know, I'm out there starstruck. And uh, I'm on the punt team, and I'm one of the gunners on the end. I'm on the, one of the gunners on the end, so I go out there, and I line up, and I... Uh, we were playing against Baltimore at the time. Deion Sanders it was last year playing. He was playing at Baltimore. So, you know, Deion comes out there, and he's sitting there. He's, he's, he's jamming me up on the punt team. He's on the punt team. He's lined up right across from me. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, 
I can't believe this is Deion Sanders right here. <laughs> well, they must have hiked the ball and punted the ball, and I'm just still standing there looking at Deion, and they died and caught the ball, and I haven't even took a step yet. <laughs> My coaches are yelling at me, and I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know. I was just talking to Deion. I just couldn't believe I was standing out there in front of Deion. This is actually in a game. So everybody gave me heck about that when I was up there at the Jaguars. But, I mean, it was cool, though. It was, it was great, but. You know, I was pretty much starstruck right there for about 20 seconds. He kind of lined up right up, and right he, in front of me, and I was sitting there just looking at him. And might have said a couple of words, and the play was already going on, and I was just still standing there. So <laughs> I could only imagine on the sideline because that his special teams coach at the time was one of the last old school coaches like of special teams that's around. I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Ike fished with Dion. Yeah, Ike did a show with Dion. <laughs> right, Mike. Can you hear us? Yes. Didn't you fish with yes. Deion Sanders? I had, I did fish with Deion. Okay. I sure did. How about that? Did yeah. you catch a condom when you fished with Deion along? back in... Uh, <laughs> Magnum. I fished with him in 2004 <laughs> in a, on a Crockett Lake in Texas. It was right after I won the Classic. And um, he's he was actually a pretty good, pretty good angler. Okay. Really good angler. It's funny because the day that I fished with him... He spent the entire day grilling me on fishing lures and patterns and techniques. I spent the entire day grilling him on PR and marketing ah. <laughs> and branding. It was awesome. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I've learned I've learned a lot from this interview. I'm. I'm like Bill Dance is is got you was your first exposure. Fishing teaches you a lot of life lessons, and uh, and professional bass fishing is way harder than the NFL. <laughs> it's all... Yeah, it's way harder. <laughs> NFL, you either have the size and the ability to do it, you just have to be able to you know translate it and make sure that you can make the adjustments and play the game for the most part. If it's a game we've been doing since we were little, you know, it's just fishing, it's these, fishing these new lakes, everything just changes, and it's so frustrating, and it gets so hard at times, but when it's going good, it's going good, and, uh, you know, that's what you live for. It's, it's, it's a challenge, and if it wasn't a challenge, it wouldn't be worth doing, so, uh, you know, I accept, the, I accept the challenge, and I just want to get better at it, and hopefully one day I can get on you guys' level. <laughs> Well, we hope we hope to see you out there. I'm going to have a hard time convincing my wife that bass fishing is harder than the NFL. Though. But, uh, <laughs> Gerald, you're the uh, you're the fourth uh, NFL player on that's been on Ike Live, and the first that oh. hasn't been a defensive end. Oh, nice! All defense, though. We've had all defensive players. That's true. All but defense. all the other three were defensive ends. You're the first uh, DB. Yeah. Oh yeah, all offensive guys are too pretty to do some fishing. They they were in the uh, in L.A. walking the red carpet somewhere. Hey, or the or the linemen can't hold a rod without crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Did you ever have a I've celebration? I had a lineman fish before. I had, I had a lineman fish with me before I were in Dallas. It was pretty cool. He was couldn't catch or anything. His arms were so big. Yeah, so they're funny to look at. Carp fishing. I'm not gonna say his name, but yeah, it was it was, it was great. Yeah, he's a live baiter. <laughs> yeah, I need to get him some signs and tell him just let him sit there. Mike, do you have anything more uh, for Gerald here? I have I have one more question for Gerald. I want to know: Did you ever spike a bass like you would spike a football, or 
Did you ever, ever spike a like, the phone? Spike the striper a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say I've done that one. Fish care, fish care. Hey, Gerald, you seem like a good guy, so we save a segment that we have uh, we call rapid fire and it's where we ask you some silly questions and you give us an answer and we save it for the guys that seem like good sports and unfortunately my friend you seem like that good sports you yeah. ready to handle some questions you're it <laughs> oh man fire me let's go alright they start off easy and then they get progressively more difficult pick okay. six alright so you're ready for the first one let's go alright we're gonna go pick six or six pounder Six pounder all day. Nice. <laughs> I've never even had a six six, but yeah, yes. six pounder all day. <laughs> What's more annoying, mosquitoes or Eagles fans? <laughs> Eagles fans, and I know all you guys. Are <laughs> 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 That's why when uh, when I go in that tournament up there to Delaware, I guess I seen all those Eagles jerseys. I was like, man, if I was up there with this Cowboys wrap on my boat, they'd be going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even be able to get out of the city. <laughs> <laughs> What's more deceitful, a Rex Ryan blitz or Dave Lefebvre? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me say a Rex Ryan bitch. <laughs> Wrong. Slicker surface when wet. Artificial turf or Brazilian wax? Oh, I get Brazilian wax. <laughs> uh, what's... <laughs> uh, what is slower out of the pocket? Tony Romo or a Mercury Verado? <laughs> Mercury <laughs> Verado. Oh, that's y'all's new quarterback, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't the Eagles just sign Tim Tebow? <laughs> they might have. Uh, Did they? Hey, come on. Don't mess on Tebow, man. You're not hating on Tebow, are you? <laughs> I'm just saying. He's y'all's quarterback. Hey, you guys are picking him up. There's not a young, single guy in America that doesn't wish he was Tim Tebow. I'm telling you that right now, man. All right. You ready? What smells worse, Gerald? What smells worse? Dallas Cowboys locker room, Jerry Jones's breath, or Berkeley gulp? I'm going to say uh, Jerry Jones's breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. This is a big one. This is a four-part question, and if I have to repeat one, I will. Four-part question. All righty. Bigger rivalry. Eagles-Cowboys. Bass versus FLW. Ike versus KVD, or Ish versus all his fans? Bigger, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll have to say Cowboys Eagles. <laughs> Debatable. People get seriously hurt out there sometimes. I think they have a, think they have a jail on an Eagles Stadium. We, it, we <laughs> used to have a detention facility in the vet. Then it was judged by uh, Judge Seamus McCaffrey, but so no longer. Uh, the vet's been knocked down, unfortunately. <laughs> But uh, and as well as a piece of our history. All right, you ready? And more. There's more. No, there's more. There's definitely more. We saved a lot of good ones for Gerald. All right, Gerald. NFL groupies or a big old female on the bed? I need the female on the bed. I'm married now. <laughs> yeah, you weren't around in the 90s when they had the House of Fun down there in Dallas, were you? Oh, no, no, but they used to talk about it. But, yeah, yeah, that I thing is legendary, dude. <laughs> for us normal folk. All right. They used to call it the White House. Yep. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> who is who least reliable? Romo in the playoffs or Skeet coming on Ike Live? <laughs> I must say Romo in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, Gerald. More, so, more know, on the I love the guy. He's a great player. I have to say that straight. I love the guy. He's a great player. But yeah. <laughs> All right, Gerald. A yellow pass interference flag or Skeet's yellow trousers? <laughs> you saying which one would I rather? What would you rather have? What's a, worse? A yellow pass interference flag? I'm not flag? wearing them trousers. I'm not wearing those trousers. So give it to me the personal. Yes, correct. <laughs> Gerald, in your opinion, is there any correlation between Skeet's favorite color being yellow and him being too yellow to come on Ike Live? <laughs> whoa, whoa, what's going on with Skeet? Hold on, just two more. Yeah, I, the end's the best. We have no problem with Skeet. All right, you know what? We're, we're, we're done with Skeet. One last question, Gerald. Thank you for being a good sport, and this is a big question. What is limper? Your drop shot rod or Skeet's handshake? <laughs> you said what is what? what? What is limper? Your drop shot rod action or Skeet's handshake? I'm going to give you a Skeet's handshake. He's <laughs> from California. They don't shake hands anyway out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, look, Gerald, thanks, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you, guys. Mike, are you thanks, there? Earl. Thanks for being on the show, man. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on. You guys are great. Hey, Gerald, um, any way our fans can follow you on, on, on um, Facebook, Twitter? Yeah, my uh, my Twitter address is uh, gsensiball43, and I have an Instagram. It's gsensiball. And uh, make sure to check out lunkerhunt.com. They make some great products. Right on. All right. Will do, my friend. Thank you. Gerald, thanks a lot, buddy. All right, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Gerald. Thank you. Hey guys, we've had an IM messenger message in about five or six times and finally want to just give a little shout out to him. He is Joe Pickens and uh, he is he is watching us live from the hospital. Oh, cool. So thanks for thanks for watching. Get well. How about the uh, PA cops? The PA cops IMS at all? No, no PA cops today. How about it? There's, yeah, there's just two partners that just sit well, they, like... They only do that when they're working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I ran the IM board, they're like all over the board. Uh, yeah, you're right, Brian. They're not working. Yeah, they're, they're not the working point, tonight. <laughs> so, Mike, we see the sun setting on you, my friend. Any coyotes? Not yet. I keep looking around. I'm pretty panicked out here, to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm more afraid of the security guards or the coyotes. I wouldn't worry about the security guards. They're not going to care that you're sporting a half chub, but the coyotes might sense that. <laughs> Hey, great questions, by the way. Uh, they were all who's from. Responsible for that? They were all from fans writing them in. Yeah, they're all fan questions. Yeah, called off the internet. I am and fans. Yeah, that's Wait. awesome. <laughs> Ski took a beating in this one. Nah. Ski and Lefebvre are taking a beating tonight. What? We give the fans what they ask for. They were IM questions that were provided to us through IM, and we didn't forward it through. They got deleted, and we put them forward on the show. They they want to know what the Lefevre beef's all about, but no that beef. might be its own sh- show in itself. 
Uh, yeah. Hey, Bry. Yes, sir. <laughs> I would like to. Um, I would like to try to call you on the other computer to see if I can get the headset on. Is that possible if I hang up with you real? Absolutely. Quick, and I, I call you right back. Let me let me let me try this real quick. Go ahead, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and call you back. Yeah. Okay. I got nothing to do. So meanwhile, the Ike Foundation, Bry. Meanwhile, we are going to start doing drop-offs at the Federation weigh-ins, correct? I believe so. Yep. yep. And somehow, because I fished the Federation, I'm going to be the guy that you give your stuff to. So, New Jersey guys, PA guys, we will accept all Ike Live Foundation donations at all New Jersey Federation weigh-ins. Just find Dave Brodzik. I won't be hard to find. I'll be the guy that leaves about 10 minutes after the tournament every time. This is way better. Okay. Yeah, you sound good. Uh, it's a thousand times better. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Okay. Why don't we do this Let's two go. hours ago? What happened? Can you can you stand still? I got, we got people getting sick. Okay. You look like, you look like you're ready to call an airstrike in the mountains of Afghanistan, dude. <laughs> That's a fact. With that headset on. Yeah. <laughs> you look way gnarly, dude. Cool. The uh, when you move the camera around, everything gets pixelated, goes to crap. Yeah, but why? Do okay. You don't want me to move it. Yeah, you got you got to you got to settle in, and that and then the, then it gets crisp, just like that. You look beautiful, Mike. Look beautiful. Ravishing. Dave just talked about the Ike Live okay. Foundation. Mike, you want to? He's he's going to be accepting donations at the Jersey Federation. For those that don't know what the Ike Live Foundation is, you want to. For those that are just hearing about it for the first time, you want to tell them what it's all about? Yeah, the Ike Foundation, uh, man, we're super proud of it. It's uh, pretty young. It's a new uh, foundation, uh, but it's already got a lot of steam. Um, and, you know, the basically the premise of the foundation is get kids involved in the sport of fishing. Um, it's real easy if, if somebody wants to help out. We're accepting product donations of uh, your old stuff, you know, your used equipment, especially mm. rods and reels is what we're looking for. Uh, if you want to find out more information, just go to my website. Go to MikeIconelli.com slash Ike Foundation, uh, and you can find out about how you could help. Or if you're an organization that helps with kids, that helps get kids fishing, and you need the product, please reach out to us, and we're going to help you try to get rods and reels uh, for kids' fish. So thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. That's cool. And also, uh, fans, uh, Brian, Pete, and I are going to use the Ike Foundation as a shell corporation to accept your donations to hawk your products until we start getting a paycheck. No, I'm just kidding. If you send anything to the Ike Foundation, it's going to go to the children. All right? It ain't going to go to us, man. No. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact. We'll go to you. So, um, what do we got next? We got Johnny Cruz standing by. Oh, he's already standing by. Chomping at the bit. Right. Yeah, let's get Johnny on, man. Let's let's talk to him. Yeah, we got a bone to pick with him anyhow. He's next on the list. Chopping block, as it were. Johnny Cruz. Johnny Cruz. Johnny Cruz. All talk right. People. So, Mike, what's the game plan for tomorrow? What do you have scheduled? Johnny Cruz. Uh, tomorrow is, is our second day here at Grand Canyon. 
and we will uh, we're going to hit a couple more sites today. We actually um, looked at uh, a few places on the east side of the south rim of Grand Canyon. Tomorrow we'll go to the west side of the south rim of the Grand Canyon. There's also a few uh, museums. Um, there's a geology museum that we want to take the kids to. Vegas right now, he's he's a little over four. He's in love with rocks. He loves rocks, man. So geology museum tomorrow. And then um, we will uh, hit the road uh, starting uh, 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 on Tuesday. We're, we're going to make a pit stop about halfway between here and the Redwoods, and we're going to stop at a little town that has an authentic um, gold miners, ghost town, uh, cool. really symbolic of the Wild West and the uh, and the gold miners that traveled out here. We're going to make a stop there. And then finally, on the heels of the Delta, we're going to be out at the Sequoias and the Redwoods and, and uh, uh, out, out toward Yosemite. And we're going to spend two or three, three days out there enjoying that part of the country and, and that national park system. Uh, uh, and then we'll be making our way into Sacramento on Saturday, doing tackle for a couple days, regrouping my tackle, and uh, getting ready for the Delta on Monday. So pretty pretty big trip. Mike. It's like the Griswolds, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just just don't strap Becky's dad to the roof. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mike, are you anywhere near that glass that glass uh, platform they stuck over the canyon that you can see straight down? Are you anywhere near that? The glass? glass? They made some, like, big giant platform that hangs over the canyon. It's this glass. It's just pure glass. You walk out onto this deck. I don't think so. And you're, like, suspended over death, and you're looking straight down through glass, like, to the the bottom, dude. It's gnarly. I I don't know. I'll have to research that. That sounds scary. You, You probably, yeah, you would know if you were near it. But, yeah, just don't, just don't do it with the grizz. Don't, don't tie a dog to the bumper. Glass. Don't eat the sandwich with pee on it. And definitely don't <laughs> strap Becky's dad to the ceiling of the uh, camper. hey <laughs> Join us live via phone, via mail. I think he's calling from Florida. We're going to find out here in a second. Join us is John Cruz. John Cruz, everybody. We're- Yay. Woo! What's up, dude? Where's the applause at? Okay. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, how you doing? Good. Good. Uh, it's nice to be uh, kind of triangulated around the country uh, between uh, me and you and, uh, and the cool dudes over there in uh, Jersey. Way cool dudes. <laughs> yeah. Big, it's, a big tri- it's a big triangle of energy. Uh, yeah. John, tell us you're in, you're in Florida right now. Oh with noah what are you doing in florida right now yeah we um we are down here he is working with a uh with a quarterback coach noah's my tough son for those of you who don't know he's 15 he's a uh, quarterback extraordinaire and he's uh he's down here getting some work from uh from a real good quarterback coach that we uh we met last year and worked with him some and uh we're back down here uh working with him and doing all kind of stuff um all kind of drills x's and o's uh it's, uh, it's a lot of fun Nice. Yeah, and, and nice. tomorrow, 
this is what what happens when you're a fisherman, and and you can probably relate. You sneak in a fishing trip while you're in Florida. So I called up uh, Sandy Melvin, and he's gonna he's gonna get us out on the water. We're gonna do Definitely. some uh, snook and redfish fishing uh, tomorrow before we go home. Sweet. Jealous. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Good get. By the way, tell Sandy Melvin I said hi if you see him tomorrow. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen Sandy in a hundred years. Tell him I said hello. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in a few years. He's fishing. He's fishing some of the southern opens. He just fished that Alabama River deal that uh, Gerald was uh, was was uh, con, con, condimenting on. Yeah, we, yeah, we had we had him on earlier in the show. It was a pretty impressive win from that dude earlier. Hey, let let's switch gears, John. I want to talk about, and we haven't even talked about this off off air. But man, you deleted yeah. AOY. Does that freak you out? Yeah, no, not really. Um, two, two good tournaments, and uh, and, it, and it can happen. <laughs> I guess my, my two tournaments were just better than everybody else's two tournaments. That's that's what happened. So. Uh, uh, you know, we got a lot of fishing left, but I'll, I'm really looking forward to the schedule. We got a lot of good places. Obviously, the the Delta got a little history there, but um, been a lot of different types of fisheries, and I think that, that bodes well for for guys like me and you, especially that that um, you know like to catch them all kind of different ways. Is this your best AOI start in your career, or have you had another one like this? Um. Well, the uh, the year that I won at the Delta, uh, that was the very first event of the year, and so I was leading it after the first event, and then the next event, it, it clearly like it was like the uh, the after effect uh, where I had the uh, the letdown event right after that and finished 79th in that second event. But then I ended up, I think I ended up in the top 10 point by the end of the year. I had a couple other uh, top 10s and stuff, so uh, that was uh, that was one of my better years. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you? Um, is this going to? You know, with with, I, I know the answer to this already, but I, I want to ask it for everybody listening and watching. Um, are you now that you're leading AOI? Are you going to change your strategy at all? No, no. I mean, I think going that, into these events, are you going to fish more conservatively? Each event, are are uh, like it just keep they keep getting higher every year. Uh, so I kind of I kind of think that that I'm gonna I'm gonna make the top 12 every event. That's what that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do is just make the top 12 every event and try to figure out how to make that happen. And that's that's what my expectations are. Uh, yeah, pretty much every event is figure out what's the best way to, to make a top 12 and get in position to try to try to win it on the last day. That's my my thought every day. It's a great strategy, and it's working so far. And it's working so far. Uh, let, let's switch gears, John. Uh, um, and uh, I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you were watching earlier, but uh, our very own producer Brian the Carpenter is a shameless plugger tonight. And Brian got a missile hat on tonight. Very nice, very uh, stylish. Yeah. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Shannon, for sending that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he, he hooks it up. I think, uh, we, I think Shannon and, and Brian got to know each other uh, about, uh, a little it's bit. It's blown up. So, uh, yeah. It's gone yep. crazy. I want you to talk about 
the success of the Missile Jigs project. Talk a little bit about that. It's been it's been crazy. Oh man, you know, our, it, it it has been crazy. It, it is uh, it's one of those one of those situations where everything is everything kind of lined up. Uh, I think just right. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, as far as the, the missile base goes, um, we've been gaining a lot of distribution. So the distribution channels were, were there. That was kind of like the, the groundwork. Um, you know, I mean, you, you came you came with a great idea for a jig and, and, and exactly what you knew exactly what you wanted, and and then we we were able to make it happen. Uh, and, and there's really nothing nothing like it on the market um, it, it's totally unique and we tried to make it as reasonably priced as possible we tried to package it well um, we kind of put everything together and then and then um, you're out there promoting it and letting people know and what we're fishing with because this, this is exactly what what you wanted and what I you know what we wanted and uh, and so it kind of it kind of all all fit together and fell together real well and I, you know I don't know how much feedback you get on it but i get a ton of people um you know sending messages in and uh, calling in and saying how much they like the jig and how many fish they've caught on it and that's their go-to their go-to jig and then this is people from out west up north you know down south uh, i mean just kind of all over guys are guys are using this jig and, and having really good success on it yeah I've, I've had a lot of the same response and uh 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 it's so neat because a jig is a category that's so generic, and you always hear a jig is a jig is a jig. <laughs> and I really think we hit something on the head with that one where there are times when they want that small profile jig, and it's a difference mm -hmm. maker in a lot of – let everybody know, too. I know everybody's excited about the, the little mf -er, but let everybody know about the new – that we're working on right now as we speak. Fill everybody in a little bit, John, on the football head jig project and, and when that's going to come available. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the next the next uh, the next project. You know, we're you know you and I we're going to work work on a whole line of jigs so that, that people can can rely on the missile jigs line to to fill out all their all their jig needs. And the, the next one is a, is a football dragging type jig. Um, you know, we we've been bouncing these concepts back and forth, and we've got a we've got a prototype, working prototype. Um, we're going to really uh, really put our focus on that. Uh, you know, right as soon as we get this next uh, next big load of uh, of mini flips in, uh, we're going to kind of turn our turn our attention to uh, developing that that uh, that dragon jig. And um, and that thing, it's uh, that, that one prototype that we have, dude. It's it's a bad it's a bad dude. It comes through cover really really well. Uh, you just hug the bottom. You got that nice forty-five degree angle that it that it sits on. Um, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be something special. I think it's going to be one of those jigs. People say the same thing, just like they did with the mini flip. They're going to say it's just another jig, and then they go out there and fish it. Guys fish it, and then it, next thing you know, uh, everybody's going to it because it's uh, it's effective. It works. It's got a good hook, and uh, everything's at the right angle, and, and it's balanced, and and everything that people don't even look at, people don't even know, don't think about. But yet, it's done to the jig, and they don't have to worry about it. They just have to fish it, and it works. Yeah. Hey, let me take a break here and remind everybody, if you've got a question for John Cruz, we want to hear from you. 
Uh, send your message through instant messaging right there next to your screen, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Mike underscore Iconelli on Twitter. Uh, Johnny, I know a lot of us that follow social media noticed that you had a groundbreaking recently. You've got a new building, a new facility. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's it's exciting. It's one of those things I've been uh, kind of planning for for a little while. Uh, we. We've been in the three and a half years we've been in business. We've been renting uh, renting a building at 3,600 square feet, uh, about eight eight or nine hundred square feet of its office, and the rest is warehouse. And we're getting to the point now where we're we're outgrowing that warehouse. And uh, you know, I could I could see it coming, and I could kind of you know say, all right, we get if we get two more bays, and then we get a couple more colors, then we're going to outgrow this section. And so we started I started working on it last year, and. Uh, it's kind of coming together now. Uh, they're they're they just broke ground on it the other day. The uh, the Salem and Roanoke County Chamber of Commerce are real excited about it. The city of Salem's excited about it. So uh, yeah, our builders obviously excited about it, and, and we are too because it's gonna we're gonna go from 3,600 square feet to uh, 8,000 square feet, and uh, we're gonna be able to to really grow and and flourish and not have to get you know you know jump around into other buildings. You know we're gonna we're gonna own this one. And uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be exactly what we wow. need to uh, continue to grow and, and uh, bring bring everybody a bunch of cool cool new products to fish with. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I want to I want to play a little game here. Can everybody in the studio play with me, Bry? Uh, J three, Dave, Pete. You want to play a little game with me, real quick? Sure. What do you got? In. War games. <laughs> uh, we got a Walt here, here's Disney. How it's gonna, here's how it's going to go down. All right, here's the game. The game is we're going to start with John Cruz and and give give a couple second del- uh, break between each answer because of the delay. But we're going to start with Johnny Cruz, and I want I want everyone has to say a name for a betting fish or a bed, an actual spawning bed. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna start with John Cruz, and the, and if if you get stumped and if like two three seconds go past and you can't think of a name, you're out. <laughs> okay, that's the game. So we're gonna start with Johnny. Go ahead, John. You start first. You can't say bed. Spawning bed is the established name. Nah. So it's got to be something different. You're out. Uh, Brian. Nah. I'm out. You're out. J3? <laughs> Home. Okay. What? Pete? Crater. Good one. Crib. 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 Good one. What about you? Dish. Dish. White spot. Back to me, I think. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, this is just a delight. <laughs> great game. John... John, it's Dave here. I have a question, my friend. So you you can't I can't see you, but you'll be able to see this. So I'm curious at your old location if you have a problem with your production manager because you have friendly waters here, right? <laughs> and we ask you to send us some stuff, and we got a T-shirt, and we got four jigs with just four different sizes. Like, do you guys need right. help on the production line? Because I mean, I, we can provide you a few guys. I mean. But, well, there's four guys there's in the four room. There's four guys in the room. So like, got... Pete's going to get the eighth ounce, quarter ounce. 
Brian's going to get the half ounce. Hell yeah. <laughs> All we're saying is, man, come on. Like, you, you can't hook a brother up. <laughs> we got two T-shirts, two stickers. The only, thing we have on our, the only thing we have on our shelves in the jig department is tumbleweed at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good product. That's why. Just think it, about it. it that's it, all. Come on. Our, our, that jig, the jig is actually really hard to make. Uh, and our, our manufacturer is, is, uh, is kind of having a hard time. They, they've made three sets of molds. Uh, in order to and to make the thing and, and to keep it real clean to where there's no flashing and they don't have to they don't have to sand it down or anything like that. So uh, that's been part part of the delay. But I mean we're we're ordering a pretty good amount and uh, that that's that's been a little bit of the uh, the slowdown. But we're they're we're expected to, the jig manufacturer to start shipping us a bunch more uh, here just starting this coming week. So well, uh, so we should so, be starting to be able to supply everybody here pretty soon. Cool. So we'll we'll await that second package then. Yeah, we'll send you back a bigger box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> shameless. Right. You guys stay on your buddy there. Stay on your buddy there. He'll he'll hook you. Hey Johnny. It's yeah. J3 here. Uh, we had an IM question a guy sent in uh he wanted to know how much money did you raise uh, selling those autism awareness flags? Uh, well, we're ju- we're just starting to, to do that. Uh, I haven't I haven't checked it today, but the um, I think as of uh, as of last night the uh, the auction for the we did a lot of of twenty eight of them with uh, with Kevin Van Dam, uh, Ish Monroe. Uh, there, I mean, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of good ones in there. Justin Luke, it's a bunch bunch of good ones in there. Uh, that's the first lot of them we're going to do, and they were that that one was already over a hundred bucks, and there was like five more days on the auction. So uh, I'm expecting good things. Uh, the jersey that I wore at the Gunnersville event, that special autism jersey, that one is still it, it, it's uh, it's auction is up, uh, and I think it was around the same deal as right around a hundred bucks. Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna auction off Skeet's flag here pretty soon. Is it uh, yellow? That one is already. It's already got a hundred dollar bid on a thousand dollar bid on it from Dave Mercer. Uh, if somebody outbids him, he's going to donate a thousand dollars to to Autism Speaks, and then we're just cool. going to kind of uh, section them off and uh, to be able to maximize the, the the money that we can get for them, but not not make it too many auctions. I just kind of want to I want to have something for for various price points that uh, you know everybody doesn't get outbid on on having a huge huge bunch of flags. So. Uh, so there's all, all kind of different stuff to, uh, to auction on. So the, the question will be answered in, in a few weeks of, about how much in total that we will uh, that we'll raise. That's awesome. Uh, I heard heard uh, just to let you know. I heard Toshe is going to bid on Ish's flag. <laughs> yeah. Did you say bid on it or spit on it? I couldn't understand. <laughs> kind of broke up. He's a dartboard. <laughs> 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 that's funny it's awesome <laughs> well thanks to, you know it's it's great the work that you're doing with autism and special thanks to our buddy Eli Delaney up there in Massachusetts which does yeah. so much work for autism we we love you Eli keep up the good work yeah he's, def- he's definitely the catalyst you know he, he's uh you know the, every every cause uh needs uh needs somebody that's a catalyst to, to really uh, carry the flag, and he, he really does that. He he keeps it going, and um, man, the, the people uh, the people in in, in autism and the work in autism they they should give him a big thank you. And uh, I mean, you know, like you know, what we do, 
it's just kind of carrying out the work that, that him and, and others do uh, on the backside. So, uh, so yeah, you're right. We need to need to give him a little little uh, little thanks. Well, he does great work. He does great work for it. And, uh, you know, you're leading the Angler of the Year race. you got to be pumped going back to the Delta where you won last time. And, uh, you know, I, tell, tell, me, tell me a little bit about what you think about that tournament. Is it going to be the same time of year you won and uh, that long drive you're going to have? How's that going to affect the tournament out there? What do you expect? Well, we, uh, Bass, is, Bass is good about you know, making us, uh, giving us a good a playing field and, uh, it, we're not going out of the same area as you mentioned. We're going out of uh, Sacramento, which is further up. It's going to be a longer ride down to where all the all the meat is, all the good fishing, um, and, and, and even further down there to where I wanted uh, the time before. But uh, you know, I don't even know if I'll go back down to that area. That's a, that's a long ways. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go fishing, um, you know, in, in where I think the best areas might be, and 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 see what happens because. Uh, um, it's a little bit different time of year. It's, a, it's about a month or so, a month and a half later than when than when I won there. So it'll be warmer. Uh, the fish are going to be either spawning or post spawn. They're going to be they're going to be done. It'll be a, a totally different phase uh, that the fish will be in. But you know, I mean, I, I may end up uh, doing well with the exact same rod and reel that, that I did well before. So uh, that that could play a factor. What was that riding real? Yeah. Were you fli- you were flipping in that tournament, weren't you? Yes, sir. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I like I, that's no secret. There'll be there'll be uh, you know half a dozen other baits that'll be players in that event, but that that'll definitely be one that I think every competitor in the field uh, will will have on their front deck, or at least they uh, they will at some point in time. What will the winning weight be? It'll be more than than seventy whatever pounds I had. It will be. Uh, It'll probably be closer to 100, I think. Wow. Yeah, they had they had a tournament there. I heard last weekend, not this weekend, but last weekend. I uh, took 30, uh, four bags over 30 pounds. Yeah, they're all pre-spawn though, right? Or spawn at least. I don't know. All I heard was four bags over 30 pounds. Wow. And I said, wow, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Stout. A lot of weight. A lot of weight. Yeah, that, that's a that's that is a lot of weight. But I, you know, it's a good thing you're not going back to that area. Mike just informed us because of the drought <laughs> that the area that you fished previously is now infested with seals. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of seals on beds down there. <laughs> yeah. The singer. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip an orca. Uh, I'm gonna flip one white of those spots. <laughs> uh, Mike, is there, Mike, is there bears where you are right now? Or uh, yeah, uh, I'm starting to get nervous. If you got mauled by a bear, it would be amazing for ratings. I know, but I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> I know you get to survive though. I get the problems with this little. Yeah, you know. Well, listen, I still have I, I have like I have pus dripping out of my leg. It's it's dragging them. Oh, chum. Scent. Yeah, That's right. bears have an exceptional scent. Berkeley, they smell yeah, it, Berkeley they chum. Can, they could smell the fear. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, I'm worried. Smell, smell the fear too. <laughs> they can smell the fear. Oh shoot. Well, John, we love you at the Bass University. You're one of our best speakers, and we appreciate you so much. And uh, yeah, man, I really enjoy those things. You guys have the best crowds. I mean, the, the, the people that come to the Bass University, man, they they are there for one reason, and that's to learn. And they they keep their eyes focused on, on what those speakers say from start to finish. And it's it, it's fun talking to those people. Well, we really appreciate you. And on Bass University TV, you're. Uh, you know your videos get get a ton of views. They're up there with the top, and uh, we really appreciate all that. And uh, I think the cool. last one was know your tool, 
was the title yeah. of your of your last uh, video nope. for us. Nope, and, and, and then it's hashtag no pun intended. Yeah, right or left hand, John. <laughs> it depends on who's, who's around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we got to get you in the studio one time. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see you when the Chesapeake Bay tournament comes around. We can get you in the studio. Yeah, yeah, I have to flip up there at one time. John, That'd is it true fun. you benched 500? Uh, divide that by two and add some, and that's about more like where I'm at. <laughs> All right, that's that's strong. What what what's your body weight? That's a lot of weight for uh for what, what do you weigh? 175. I weigh I weigh about 160 pounds. Who and, weighs what you lost this know. week? Yeah, I mean, right now I could probably do about 275 on a good day, but I, I've done more than oh, that, but I, I weighed more than that, too. So That's crazy. I don't know. That's double, double your body weight. That's a pretty impressive push. We talk a leg press or bench press. I'd like to see that bench. personally. <laughs> I like we hey, get the to scale YouTube, out. YouTube, YouTube some videos. Uh, YouTube John Cruz bench press or weightlift or whatever. I think I, I think I had some on there. Nah, he's point. Diesel, John. Hulkamania. He's legit, dude. Cock. <laughs> <laughs> Talk Diesel. Oh, Lord. Well, that's fit- right. It's fun. I enjoy working on it. It's, it's good. Well, fitness is an important part. A lot of fishing, man. I, it, it, I'm sure it helps your fishing. Fitness pizza fit. in my mouth? Is that what you're talking about? What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you said fitness. <laughs> well, John's John's a fitness buff. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about you. I think you. He probably he would attribute that to helping his fishing. I mean, good genetics. Hey, I've wor- worked out of that basement down there. I've worked out of that basement there where the studio was. It's good, good stuff down there. A lot of nice rubber floor. It's good. It's nice. Yes, indeed. Yeah, they have excellent, excellent workout facility here. Mike, you have anything for John? I do. John, uh, is it true Scott Brooks is dead? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, he what? knows uh, to not bitch at me and to talk to me from this point forward if he ever sees me on the water. Uh, that's what I can tell you. You can just bench him, dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> bench him. It's like, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Well, very PC know, of you, John. Ways, but, uh, maybe a better very term. Very PC of you. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well. Yeah. I mean, you know. All right, yeah. All right. John, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Ike's about to get John, mauled by Ike's about to get killed by a cougar or a jackalope. Yeah. Yeah, he did Watch out for the saber tiger out there. <laughs> John, talk to your guy about sending some baits, for God's sake. <laughs> we don't have any, dude. We don't have any. I had to give baits out of my own my own jig box for the winning fish beaver. I'm out of my own box. I know. Two of them got I line tied to them. Yeah, dude. One of the jigs you guys sent us still had like crazy glue, crazy glue residue and rubber on. Uh, uh, up, I mean, come on, dude. You can get better than that. You're bigger than that. <laughs> You're getting the cold. You're getting the cold. <laughs> John Cruz, everybody. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thanks John. John. Oh, man. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Oh, good lord. Wow, it's been a challenging night. Oh, tremendous. I, mean, I got to tell you, let me step. Yeah, I, I would like to just echo what you said, Dave. And uh, this was a very interesting, amazing, weird scenario to do on Bike Live. I 
am, I want to let everybody at home know that I am sitting in the effing woods with uh, with a flashlight to my face, and I'm very scared. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the woods here. Blair Witch. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been a challenge with the this delay and whatnot, uh, but it's been fun. It's it's been really fun. Uh, let me let me do some housekeeping here real quick and then i think what i'll do is i'm going to sign out and i'll let you guys roll a little bit if you want to roll and do a little after hours i'll let you guys roll with that but let me do a little housekeeping i'm going to sign out and then you guys can take it from there um let me thank everybody for tuning in to ike live what an adventure this has been uh it's been great you guys make the show so thank you for watching let me remind you that you can get the show anytime on MikeIconelli.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. So go ahead and download it if you missed the show. Let me tell you that our next Ike Live show will be after uh, the Delta and Havasu. So the Sunday after Lake Havasu will be our next show, and we're going to have some amazing stories from those two events. Um, we do have a question. Is that what that is? We have one question. One question. It, they've been okay. hit. They've been hitting IMs all night. Young high school anglers, give them one tip to make them a better angler before you duck out. Stay in school. Okay. Okay, that's a great question. Uh, for all you young high school anglers, here's the best piece of advice I can give you, and that is. Every Every bite happens for a reason. It's your responsibility. It's your job that when you get that bite, you have to analyze that bite. You have to ask the questions, why you caught that fish. What was the depth? What was the retrieve? What's the wind? What's the water clarity? You need to take that bite and duplicate it and pattern that bite to the next bite. And that's a real important thing. I call it fish in the moment. But that puzzle is a real important thing to figuring the fish out no matter where you go. So that's a great question. Uh, uh, and and thank, thank you to all the high school and college anglers uh, for tuning in and watching the show. Um, let me remind everybody, uh, you, you, we're going to do a little after hour. Uh, I am. You can call in. And, uh, and I'm keeping everyone up to date on my travels through social media. Uh, so, so keep an eye on out on my uh, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook account, um, and uh, it, it's been an interesting night. Thank you to the guys in the studio, and uh, man, this, this is crazy. It's like as I'm talking right now, I I'm not kidding. I'm not even kidding you right now. As I'm talking, <laughs> I hear something in the back. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he had to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, there hopefully, you have it. Hopefully uh, he's okay. <laughs> he's, he's too much, man. I can't wait to get him back here. I miss him. Yep. The, the guys wanted to know where where's the Jack Link's Bigfoot when you need him. <laughs> <laughs> some some truly good commercials, by the way, too. Really creative guys that make those commercials. I love when they rip the the hose out of the wall, you know, after after the guy turns it on, and squirts him in the face. Hey, let's uh, 
Let's hang out for about 15 more minutes if anybody wants to call in, if anybody's got questions. And then uh, we'll sign out and bug out of here. Yeah. Call in, boys and girls. If anybody wants to talk to... Uh, so, Pete, what's next on... What do you got coming up, buddy? Anyone? Man, it's just busy, busy right now. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm busy guiding and uh, doing on-water training on the on the Chesapeake and the Delaware River. And uh, you guys can check it out at peakgluzik.com. Uh, I'm upgrading my website right now, making it more mobile-friendly so people can get pictures of the fishing trips and videos and all that kind of cool stuff. But uh, I guess the thing mostly in the forefront is the Bass Opens are coming around for me. And um, the Northern Open on uh, the first one's on the James River yeah. uh, down in Virginia. And I fished there a few times. It'll be uh, summertime patterns, hot water. And um, we got Lake Oneida, Lake Erie on the schedule. Lake Erie in October. Yeah, that's great. Great choice. Yeah. So you can have one day of competition. <laughs> Bravo. Yay. Thank you. John, aren't you fi- are you fishing the Opens? I'm fishing as a co-angler, and uh, Mr. Gluzik is training me. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do that. John John's gonna fish with me, um, and I, I just think it's smart. John does a lot of things that are smart in his training. He's trying to develop his skill set to the next level. But um, we're gonna he's gonna fish the opens with me at practice, and and then we're gonna have uh, you know a sit downs after the tournament's concluded. Like what what worked, you know how did I base my tournament on my practice? What worked? What didn't work? How I optimistically turned something into nothing or had a you know a good finish and how that developed because that that to, that's the that's what i learned the most my mentor was a guy named rich schneider uh from jersey and mm-hmm. one of the greatest things i did when I, we were in the federation is i i uh fished with him as a co-angler and after the, the he would win the tournament and i couldn't believe it because we had such a terrible practice and he told me how he fished the moment how he made those adjustments and that was a, such an important part. Those decisions are everything in tournament angling. So. so, Pete, you mentioned Erie in October. Have you ever tried the four and five five blade props? Yeah. Oh, the four. The, the big water is the key. The the multi bladed prop props are really key in the rough water because you're the cavitation is what you deal with when uh, when you go through those big waves. And the the extra blade keeps more of that prop in the water. And much less cavitation. But I, I see a phone call. Uh, are we ready for that, Brian? Caller, where are you calling from? Yeah. Who are you from? <laughs> Who are you? Where are you calling Louisiana. from? What do you want? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, 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 Welcome. That video that I did of the Xmark uh, little giveaway deal, that where he was fishing at, was that on Toledo Bend? Well, that's a whale of a question. Um, I believe that was in it, a little pond of Florida. Okay, it, it looked like a, a little area um, where they launched the Elite Series out of up there at uh, Cypress Bend, that little little cove that the camps kind of butt up to right there. Uh, is what it looked like to me, but uh, you know, I may be wrong. No, well, you know, Mike was at Toledo Bend for a week, a couple of weeks ago. Mike and I were the, both there. That commercial was shot a few months back. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you from Toledo, Ben? Uh, I'm I'm from uh, Lake Charles area, right across from where uh, the Sabine tournament was. Uh, okay. I was actually a marshal all four days at Sabine, but uh, I fished Toledo Bend on a regular basis. My mom and dad live up there now. Who were some of the pros that you drew as a marshal? Uh, day one, I was with um, a guy from California, Tackle Warehouse. Skeet Reese. 
No, that tackle warehouse guy. Uh, Ish Monroe. Um, Littner. Jared Littner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jared Littner on day one. On day two, I was with, uh, oh, man, I'm going to blank out the guy's name. He's from uh, in Tennessee. He's uh, sponsored by the uh, Archery. Any any funny stories about any of these guys? Uh, no, I w- not not any funny stories. But uh, on the final day, I was with uh, the uh, mud hole guy that was tearing him up on the frog, and that was that was just a blast. Any of these guys have names? Yeah, I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all put me on the spot. Brandon here. Brandon oh, Lester um, is the mud hole guy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking out right here tonight. I'm sitting at the fire station watching some uh, severe weather fixing to roll in, wondering if I'm going to get uh, called out to have to go uh, help anybody. You're a volunteer uh, firefighter? everything goes good. Yes, sir. I'm a firefighter for the last 10 years. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah. And thanks well, for thank calling you. the show, my friend. Thank you. All right, y'all. Have a good one. You too, buddy. We got, we, we got an IM here. A, give a two-minute spiel on the Lefebvre beef. Everybody's on the Lefebvre beef. We'll wait till Mike's back in the studio for that. Dave, do you have anything to add to that? Or you when Mike wait? comes back, we can talk about that. I, I have no problem discussing it, but we'll wait till Mike gets back. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? You don't have a beef? I got beef, but we'll wait till Mike gets back. <laughs> I'm not hold back. I mean, you know, it's whatever. I mean, the he, beef is personal. Nothing. He's to do already with Mike. forgotten about it. He forgot about it. And I, you know, I think about it every other day. But I mean, he's already <laughs> forgotten about it. So he's moved on. Yeah, he I don't even know who I am. Call, but I am guy. You know, for whatever. Let me. I'll just say this: is that there's a. It's a personal. You know, the, when they when these guys compete, you run into these uh, personality conflicts and you get into these battles and. And there's something going on there. Mike Mike can talk about it any way he wants to talk about it. So uh, you say we'll the I am question. That. We'll keep making fun of Dave, um, and Mike will address it when he gets back. And if anyone cares, I'll tell my story. Yeah. Well, we've all we. If you spend any time out there competing at a high level, man, you go. You bump heads, man. You get in. You get into it with some people out there, and uh, some and more than others, expected. though. Some more than others. Yep. A lot of us will just, instead of that confrontation occurring, we will just simply either ignore the speech that would that would premeditate it, or would you know? It just for some people it doesn't happen, mm. and other guys like to have it, you know. And yeah, it's it's a it's a hard deal with that. I mean, I like to leave the battles on the field, you know, and 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 try to walk away from it, try to separate it, because really and truly, when you get out there in that that pressure cooker, man. You're trying to fish for your mortgage. You got sponsor acquisitions. You got all this crap that's just pressurizing you. And you get the worst out of people a lot of times in those scenarios, man. And and that, that's what I think leads to some of these really bad conflicts is, uh, you know, with all that pressure, man, it can get, it gets it gets ugly, man. When you're fishing for your mortgage, you know, it's it's a hard deal. No, understood. Anything else, John? No, not that one. Who do we have live? <laughs> I was not told I was one. not allowed to say that one. Yeah. <laughs> Who do we have <laughs> What Does anybody know? I mean, you guys probably don't know the the release date for the missile football jig. A lot of guys were asking I don't, that. I, I don't think Johnny Cruz knows. Yeah. yeah. I believe he talked about they don't quite know yet. Well, I can't believe they can't stock that jig. They can't keep it on the shelf, the new No, the new no like Brian jigs. said, two of, the, two of the complimentary ones we got had, had line on them. So. <laughs> I... I 
That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we have a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Hello, boys. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. So I, I, I thank you very much for taking my call. I'm, I, last week during the Elite Series event, Byron Velvick, who is just the most dreamy man in the world, was talking about a good gift pod. <laughs> right? So go ahead. Yeah, so I have a very big question. So ever since The Bachelor, I've really been getting into bass fishing. And I've been throwing the big swim baits, but I cannot seem to find a good stiff rod with that really flimsy tip. And I like playing just the tip, so I was wondering if you guys could give me some advice. First off, you need to move to California. Do you live in California yet? <laughs> um, no, actually, I'm up in the Massachusetts area right now because they're acceptable of my, my, my practices. But California's okay, too. And the California Delta, they got those big green fish that I love to catch. <laughs> well, I mean, so to, to I, I think he's directing this question to Pete. Ah. With, with you think he? Well, Pete, tonight that that shirt you have on is so fantastic. Thank you. And I know that you throw that Rapala jerk bait because you're very good at the jerk bait. <laughs> I appreciate you asking questions about my rod caller. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, so, Pete, does Denali rods make the really stiff rods that I need to throw this jerk bait? Is, is Denali the way I have to go? Denali is is known for its stiff rods. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is your preference? You are, dude. What, what is what you is know, your preference, Pete? How Pete, stiff you, do you like your rods? Why are you sweating, Pete? I, you know, I don't feel comfortable talking. And there's not that there's anything wrong with this, but I don't feel comfortable <laughs> well, talking well, with another man talk about my rod. Because I need a good mobile mechanic, and maybe he could come and help fix my rod because he's such a great mobile mechanic too. We we can do that anytime. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just. Ever since The Bachelor came out, I, I never knew bass fishing until then. And then, ever since then, I've been I've been going out and I've been flipping and pitching, and just <laughs> these stiff rods are hard to find. And whenever Byron brought it up, it actually got me thinking, and I I told my partner that I had to find a good stiff one. So, so other than searching out a velvet stiffy, what what other lead anglers do you like? Oh, so I know you guys were talking about the mud hole angler, Brandon Leston. But but Brandon, because he's the mud hole guy, I really like his colors, the blue and the yellow. And his Phoenix bow probably goes very fast. Oh, man. All right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think this show wasn't bad enough. Yeah, no, yeah. Usually we end our show on mud hole and butthole talk, so that's a good call. But right around that 10-minute mark of what Mike I told us to do. I did not bring up the buttholes. It was because Chris Blaine always screams bung pow, so I just get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Chris Lane? Is he an attractive guy? He is very attractive, but his brother Bobby was never seeding hairline. And Arnie, Arnie doesn't even fish the Elite Series, but his power pole is really fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Guys are clicking off at breakneck speed, dude. We... Well, that was it. That was the last 12 listeners. All right, yeah, that was it. All well, right. thank you, boys. Yeah, thanks for calling, dude. Hey. Good luck with your stiff uh, rod search. <laughs> thanks. I, Pete, I believe Pete. we've been mass-holed again. Yeah. <laughs> Pete doesn't know, but that shirt messes with the camera feed, and everybody was was talking about how it's all trippy. You're tripping out tonight. That's good. Grab I think it looks nice. I mean, yeah, I, no, it's a good shirt. It's just tripping it's out really with all the, all the the 
stripes. That's right. Well, maybe they'll drop acid next time they're watching this show. Hey, they'd be, it'd be happening. Flavor. Same 87. <laughs> All right, last caller. We got another caller? Yeah, let me... Bring it good, caller. Let's go. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even going to screen them. They they just said, what what did Pete swallow? He looks like pre-spawn. You look a little embarrassed. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That ain't cool. Dude, I just lost 240. 50 pounds, 240. man. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? It's hard to look good in these chairs. Caller? Hey. Um, I got a question for Pete. Um, I was out there fishing the college tournament and the first couple days, but the first day, actually, we did real good. The second day came, we had big bad cold front come in. We couldn't just how you face those situations. To a cold front situation, well, I mean, that's the hardest situation that there is in fishing, especially this time of year. Where where were you fishing? What part of the country? Lake Norman. Lake Norman. Well, you're probably uh, right at the tail, the, probably looking at some post-spawn stuff. But anytime you're around that spawn, you know, pre-spawn, spawn, and post-spawn, it's the cold fronts have a big impact on what the fish movements are going to be and the baits that they're going to relate to. But uh, some of the things that I really look for, I, I've developed a few strategies over the years that, you know, for these cold front situations. And the first thing is, man, I, I look to get a reaction out of the fish. Uh, during warming situations, it ten, you know things like jigs and uh, soft plastic creature baits, things that fish like to bite or you know tend to like they make an eating movement toward. They tend to shine under those conditions. Under cold front situations, man, you got you got to trigger a strike. And you look at things like jerk baits. You look at rattle traps, ripping things out, impacting the cover. Anything you can do to trigger a strike is is something that's very very critical in a cold front situation um especially to, especially this time of year because a warming trend the fish can be on fire and a cold front man it seems like they completely disappeared so uh, if you just keep that mantra in your head think about triggering strikes it'll help you get through a, a, a lot of cold fronts and the baits like i said there's the lipless crankbaits the rattle trap style baits the the jerk baits are two of the best in cold front situations at, at triggering strikes, and the and the uh, the lip jig, the vibrating jig category is also an excellent weapon in cold front situations. So uh, try those things. I, I I think it'll help you through your next cold front. All right, man. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the call. Is that it, Brian? I don't know. What do you guys? Uh what that's, are you feeling? That's a good question, man. Those that's a great question. Cold fronts are always the toughest, man. Those changing conditions, um, man, they it's what separates everybody. There was know? one more condition you forgot to leave out for being the worst. Muddy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> cold, muddy yeah. water. Come well, on, he, dude. He didn't mention that. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. that is the worst, man. Cold, cold muddy water. Yeah. I fished a, a mega, bath, mega Bucks tournament. You remember Mega Bucks? Yeah. The uh, I fished the it was the first one I fished. I practiced for a week prior to the cutoff, and they had massive cold rains in January. It, it was crazy. I did I didn't catch a fish for seven days. Wow! In cold muddy water scenarios. Where and were you? Texas. You travel all the way. Oh my uh, God, man! Well, it was, it was amazing. I actually first two days of practice of the tournament, I didn't catch anything. It's nine days without a bite, and then on the tenth day of practice. I found clear water pockets. It's just the way to overcome that muddy water scenario. I found two. They, they weren't clear, but they were clearing little pockets, and I caught two keepers 
on, on the last two hours of practice. Oh my God. First day of the tournament, I caught a 20-pound stringer. How on, about it? On that pattern. But uh, it, that for me, it was I had never experienced that before coming from up here and and yeah. seeing what that cold, muddy water does to the southern reservoirs. It just really. It's different from anything that I've seen around here, so it took a, it took me nine days. I couldn't to imagine that nine days without a bite. How do you keep going? I, I couldn't. I, I mean, I, I was so hungry at that time. I think it was my rookie year. Wow. So I was hungry. I just I couldn't stop going out there and yeah, fish. But I could have uh, easily stopped. Cold, cold, muddy water. Caller. What's your hey, name? What's Where going are you calling on, from, guys? Tackle mods. Hey, how are you, man? What's up, everybody? How's it going, Mike? What's happening? Just living large hey, uh, over here. What can we do? Real quick, I, I got something for you, people. Real quick, I just want to say I, I literally just spent more than the last nine days without a bite. Just caught the first bass of the year this morning, and I woke <laughs> half the neighborhood up when I screamed. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Congratulations. The best, the best three-and-a-half-pounder I've ever cracked in my life. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. But, uh, Pete, I remember from the last show you mentioned uh, you're now with Andy's Custom Jigs, and um, one of the things that I noticed about Andy's in particular is his use of flat rubber hybrid silicone hair on the same situation uh do you plan to throw the hair models the hybrid models throughout the entire year or is that something that you're going to kind of slack off on as the warmer water gets warmer you know what's your what's your situation when it comes to hybrid jigs well you know I mean, the the hybrid jigs that he makes are amazing. They're called the Nature Jig Series, and it's different textures. It creates different sounds when it impacts the cover. Uh, it's really unique, uh, innovative jig fishing, and he's been making jigs for 30 years. He's a, he's a master at it. Uh, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to them. But I, I got to tell you, that the, the bigger the jigs, the generally speaking, when the water temperatures – Below 70 degrees is when I'm going to spend most of my time fishing with those jigs. Um, you know, although I catch a lot of fish in the summer uh, with jigs, I tend to favor more soft plastics at that time of the season uh, once that water temperature gets real warm. So I'll be fishing them. I'll be doing a, my typical deal where I, I'm going to fish them hard in the spring and the fall. Uh, you know, I'm excited about it. We've got some custom colors that we're putting together. It's going to be Pete's signature series, so you can look for them. But uh, one, the other thing that Andy does so exceptionally well is hair jigs. He is the the master at it, and uh, using synthetic bear hair, deer hair, and other types of elk uh, hair. Yeah, other types. It's just amazing. The jigs that he makes, and the and the structure jigs, the structure hair jigs, the bucktails that he makes for uh, for fishing ledges, um, representing big, large bait fish, are you know he's just he's just been ahead of his time in that department. I mean, he's got the Pam's jig, he's got actual Pam Anderson hair pre hep, and it's a phenomenal <laughs> jig, dude. Mm. Lure them all in, man. <laughs> 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 Drop more seed to that. Don't ever, don't ever hold anything to the gorilla back, Jake, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and listen, with the way Ike's beard's going at this point, we're pretty close to a new batch coming out pretty soon. Yeah, man. No doubt. I know. He's... But, uh, all right, boys, you guys have a good night and have a safe trip home. Thanks, thanks dude. Mike. Hey, thanks th- for calling. Thanks for the question, man. Appreciate it. Thanks to Andy's, man. Thank you. Wow, what, a, what an interesting show, man. <laughs> Little, little technical difficulties, but we, uh, we we muscled through it, man. I appreciate all you guys. And uh, I appreciate you, Mike, for being with us. 
out there at the Grand Canyon. Amen. And uh, thank you, callers. Thanks, thanks everybody for being part of the show. And we're gonna be, we're gonna, we're gonna get some of these technical difficulties worked out on the next. Deal. And remember, the Ike Foundation. All of us have a pile of rods that we're not using, and no one's gonna buy. You're not gonna give them to anyone. Donate them to the Ike Foundation. It's an outstanding cause, please. Thank you for everybody being with us tonight. I'm Pete Gluzak for Ike Live, and we will see you in a couple weeks after the next two elite tournaments. Good night, everybody. Hey, folks, Mike Iaconelli here, and you know what I'm going to do when I take back my weekend. I'm going fishing. Xmark.com slash weekends. Submit your video on how you're going to take back your weekends for a chance to win an Xmark mower, cool outdoor gear, and a chance to fish with me. Yeah! What's your favorite way to enjoy a weekend? Create and submit your Take Back Your Weekends video at xmark.com slash weekends for a chance to win one of 18 prize packages valued at over $31,000. 